Welcome to episode four of Stegman is Amazing, friends, everybody. Welcome. We've got yet another Venom Boys episode here, so that means only one thing. We're joined by Mr. Donnie Cates, blonder than ever. Here he is. Hey, Welcome hey, back, hey. Donnie. What up? I'm all super saiyan and shit. <laughs> Glad to have you back, sir. And uh, hey, who else is here? Me. <laughs> I feel like I, 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 let's let's get let's get uh, right into some bullshit. Um, I feel like the first one that we ever recorded, we settled on a different name, and then I left, and then now I'm an amazing friend of Stegman, uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. which feels uh-huh. bad. It feels bad in my soul. It makes my heart frown. Well, you could be. I mean, it, it, amazing is in the title, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You're an yeah. amazing friend. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. One of the um, best. Yeah, I just you know. It feels bad. Uh, we, I feel we like were I was getting out ahead of it. And, we know you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're a globetrotter now. so Yeah, that's I mean, true. I'm a global entertainment superstar. I can't yeah. be pinned down. Right. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You kidding me? <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Welcome to Venom Boys. Venom Boys! hey Welcome back, everybody. We got another issue breakdown for you here, and of course, you guys have sent in some awesome Twitter questions. We're all we're gonna get to all of it, and uh, this week we're talking Venom issue number two. If you missed the first one, uh, what the hell's wrong with you? I don't know. Come on now, this is episode four. Go back to episode one and two, where we do the breakdown for issue number one and uh, answer some questions on that. And this drops on Saturday, so when people are hearing this, it's it's Saturday, right? It is yeah. Saturday. Yep. Okay. I mean, so. <laughs> I'm gonna. We're gonna do this now, and then we're gonna do it about a thousand more times during this podcast. If you're hearing this on Saturday or Sunday or even Monday, uh, the final order cutoff for Absolute Carnage number one on sale August seventh everywhere that books are sold is <laughs> Monday. So if you want to guarantee that you have a copy, you gotta call your comic book store and tell them that you want one. Do not assume that there's gonna be one there because if you've been following the Venom book, uh, you know that they have a tendency to go pretty fast. Yeah, uh, and this and one's gonna be yeah. You you can also um, stand outside of all comic book stores holding mm-hmm. poster boards that say today is the FOC for right or Monday Which is I know the FOC. So a, a number yeah. of people have been doing that already. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you go in there and you demand your book, then you demand that anybody walking by also pre-orders it. Mm-hmm. Also get the and book. a lot of people have been in line since what uh, uh, March June. Well, we mm-hmm. had the still whole there. situation with the riots, and you right. know, I don't I don't really like to talk about it. It was unfortunate, know. but yeah. I mean, you you, you you have to admire that amount of dedication to a right. book. And even mm-hmm. those people in line, um, those poor souls, uh, they uh, they might not even be guaranteed one unless they what pre-ordered. Right. So they called mm-hmm. ahead and asked to have a copy. I mean, it's the greatest book of all time. So it's. It's, you know. it's pretty much the best book of all time. I'm honestly, the only thing I'm afraid of is how we're going to top ourselves. Right. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Totally. And that's it. That's all you need to fucking know. Thanks, thanks for coming Podcast to the episode, over. everybody. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag 8 million copies, son. No, all right. I guess we'll talk about Venom issue number yeah, two. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, should we just dive right into it? Anyone want to say anything to well, preface Ryan, the did issue? Do you want to talk about that new movie that came out? Oh, yeah. Did, uh, we should talk a little bit about, uh, the, that. Did, what is the, it called? The movie with that dork. That little, oh, like, the nerd. Uh, he's like mm-hmm. Venom, but he's not as cool. Right. Yeah, the nerd movie, yeah. The nerd Venom, right. Yes. Yes. Ryan, so you went and saw Spider-Man Far From Homecoming. What did you think? Um, I loved it. I, I, Did you? Yeah, I go with, with uh, I take an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, my sons. <laughs> and sure, so right. like, I see it through their lens. 
and they they loved it so much uh and so i mean i didn't i thought it was better than the first one for sure um i liked it quite a bit you got a problem with it uh-oh. Well, we haven't talked I, about this. No, we haven't talked about it at all. Um, I, I, I just adore Tom Holland as uh, as Spider Man. So do I. And the Mysterio, the reworking of Mysterio as uh, you know, we don't want to spoil too much, right? But mm-hmm. the way that it was presented, how he was kind of updated for a modern audience, uh, mm-hmm. was I thought brilliant and such a cool kind of behind the scenes call out to the franchise as a whole itself right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and uh i'm such a i'm such a crazy easy mark for spider-man films um <laughs> even the worst of them i'm i'm just crying my eyes out f- mm-hmm. from from frame one to, to the to the end because uh, i love them so much that all being said um spoiler alert for anyone who is hearing this who has not seen it I'll do a big countdown, okay? So you can, if you listen to this on iTunes or anything, you can feel free to jump ahead, like hit the 15 plus like twice here in just a second, okay? Three, <laughs> two, one, okay. So here's my problem. <laughs> um, in, the, in the comics, what was always kind of beautiful about Spider-Man, right, um, was that he was this younger, and I'm talking about like back in the 60s, right, uh-huh. is that he was this younger character at a time when young characters were really coming into their own your Robins and all those kinds of things, but they were all sidekicks. And what was really cool about Spider-Man is that he was no one's sidekick, right? And I'm kind of quoting a friend of mine who knows who he is. I'm not going to name because I don't want to put him on blast. Um, In this newest franchise um, with Spider-Man, he's everyone's sidekick. Um, He's kind of in everyone's shadow. That's true. And I, I defended that a lot in the first one and in Civil War, because I was like, oh, but there's an arc here. Like, he's, he's slowly coming out of that shadow. Like, he's going to become his own Spider-Man, right? And I really thought in this film that um, there was a, 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 a bit of a thesis statement when it began of who's going to be this next Tony Stark, right? And right. all eyes were on Peter. And he kept on saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And so much as that he gets rid of the Iron Spider suit, right? Mm-hmm. And so you think, oh, man, okay, great, right? Except that they... I feel like they kind of dropped the ball in that third act. And by the way, I just, I just want to say up front, I loved it. I really thought it was amazing. The Mysterio se- sequences were Crazy. incredible, unlike anything mm-hmm. I've ever seen, right? I had no idea they were going to go that hard on that right. kind of thing. Um, it generally was a almost like a spy thriller where you never knew who you could trust and what you could do. It was brilliant, right? But as far as an overarching kind of a thesis goes, um, at the end of that film... Um, <laughs> You, what I would have liked to have seen would be him to forego all of Tony Stark's stuff and trust in himself with the Peter Tingle, with the spider sense, right? And right. just go into battle armed with nothing but that and, and, and show that he's his own man, that he's his own Spider-Man, right? Instead, what we get is a sequence where he literally becomes Iron Man. He, he fights against being Iron Man the entire time, and then he gets on Foggy's jet, or not, uh, not Foggy, Foggy, uh, you know, the other uh, uh, Husky sidekick, Happy Hogan. Uh, Happy's Jet, and they make such a point out of it, where he puts on um, Back in Black, he puts on Tony Stark's theme song, because he looks over at him, and he's becoming Tony Stark, mm-hmm. and he makes this suit, and honestly, what bugs me is that if he didn't have Tony Stark's tech in the third act of that film, he couldn't have solved that problem at all. Well, so... I completely agree with that, but the the thing is, I felt I felt like this in the first movie too. They this is just a different Spider-Man than what I I, I it's agree. The, it's I the agree. one from the cartoon. It's the 
you know, I thought that for a while, like that, that whole tone, they've made Tony Stark, you know, the, like the guy. He, they've uh, made the Tony, Tony his, his uncle Ben. Exactly. Like, which is even so much in like the Mysterio um, sequence, the grave that he sees in comics, if you and I were doing it, that right. grave would say uncle Ben, right? It doesn't. It says Tony. Right. Yeah, that was fine. that was a tough pill for me to swallow in the first. Me one, too. There was no, there was no Uncle Ben. I mean, that's that's the whole thing, right? Like, yeah, right. So once I got over that in the first movie, I was just like, okay, this is a different. This is just not I the agree. Spider. It, it, I, I, it, I like the young Spider-Man. Me too. Um, but yeah, I I think that uh, I I'm just accepting it for what it is, and like as almost like it's a different character, but he yeah. still has the same cool powers. It's it's well, what's brilliant about the Tom Holland version of the character is that when Stan and uh, and uh, Ditko designed that character, the idea was um, is covered head to toe so that anyone could be Spider-Man. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that we could all imagine ourselves as like a self-insert character. And what they've done brilliantly. Um, with the Tom Holland character is that Tom Holland was the same age as um, so like if you're I don't know um, if you're okay if you're Tom Holland's age right now you were seven eight years old when the first Iron Man came out and so you've grown up obsessed with Tony Stark and obsessed with these characters and so now they've updated the self-insert version of Spider-Man to be this kid who gets to walk into the Marvel U like Mm -hmm. it's the wish fulfillment of that character has been updated for the for the modern Marvel U and I appreciate that and I do think it's it's actually brilliant I would have really liked to have seen at the third act of this him grow out of Tony Stark's shadow more than because but if they do that then they then they have to re kind of repurpose and then they have to go back to the uncle ben thing which i think for some reason they're staying no they don't he can just become his own man and i will say there's the promise of that mid that mid credits scene i have hope that the the fallout of that event um will get us there you know because we can't keep on making spider-man films that are just coded Iron Man films and movies about Iron Man. Right. Just can't because Absolutely. I feel like it goes against it goes against not only what Spider-Man is and what Peter Parker stands for, but also on a just like stepping into the fictional world that they created. I don't think that's what Tony would want for Peter either. Right. You know, he doesn't want him to be Iron Man. He wants him to be Spider-Man, you know. Right. So that's my only complaint about it. But there are some phenomenal scenes in there. And I, I found myself just 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 going crazy like I, I root for that kid no matter what, and and uh, and Mysterio was phenomenal and just great, yeah. you know. I gotta say, so I loved how closely they stuck to the original Mysterio design because that is a oh weird my god, design. Mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that was really cool. Uh, Tom Holland has more charisma oh, yeah. than anybody on the planet, and I thought Zendaya was awesome too. He doesn't mm-hmm. crack jokes as Spider Man. Yeah, and that bugs maybe me. Maybe a little bit. He never clowns on anybody. I'm trying like, to he think never, if he did. But he yeah. never made fun of Mysterio's gear. He never made fun of his fishbowl head. Like he never, even in the first one, he was he's he's never clowning on anybody. He's kind right. of the butt of the joke all the time, which is fine. Like I get it. They're 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 painting in a different way. But like Peter is the butt of the joke. Spider Man right. cracks jokes on other people. Like that's the that's the thing, right? Um, and they've never really done that with Tom. And I, 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 I think if I had to guess why, it's because that's, that's Tony Stark. Tony Stark's always clowning on people in the suit and, and, and being 
like the sassy one and everything, and they didn't want two of them. But I just I don't know. There's the more of them they make. I I love his Peter Parker to death. I don't know that I I I would. Here's what I would like: the perfect Spider-Man on screen for me would be Tom Holland as Peter and Garfield as Spider-Man. Garfield the cat. Garfield the cat. Yeah, <laughs> hating Mondays. Yeah, no, I got you. Eating some Zons. Yeah. Well, here's here's what I would recommend. Okay, mm-hmm. you go. You get in your conversion van with the windows blacked out in the back. Uh huh. Yeah. You go find yourself a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. Okay, what's happening? Uh, you give <laughs> you give them some candy. Right. Take them to the movies. Show them that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, it's going to change the way that you look at it. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't. I don't know, Stegman. I, I, I just, I just don't. Wait, was that advice specifically is, for me or that, for our audience? Let's be real clear. What's that? Was that for the audience or for me? For you. Oh, I'll just take your kids. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. That's uh, fine. But yeah, that's no, fine. what I'm saying, like, I, I, it's just so much fun to see. I mean, I took them to see Godzilla this summer too, and it's like makes every movie really? a thousand times better because yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're so grateful afterwards. Like, thank you for taking us to see that movie as if I did anything other than like drive a car and pay for tickets. And then what did my, my oldest said to me? Cause that movie is, is that movie PG 13? Yeah. Uh, homecoming. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, uh, he looked at me and he, he was like all wide eyed and he said, we need to see more PG 13 movies. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> what Boys was, what was so PG? Like, what did you think? made that extra special that it was pg they said hex and dams yeah (laughs) fools got shot you know what the weird one weird thing is whenever spider-man swears Mm -hmm. i can't stand it wait did he swear in this one (laughs) he said like it was either hell or ass or something like that you know what in the in the in the in the um the 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 notes draft of absolute carnage number Uh one that i got today they, I had him say what the hell about something, and yeah. and so and someone flagged it and was like not Spidey, and right. when they said it, I was like, yeah, you're right, you're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't say mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Civil War, he said shit a couple times, and I was just like, that really? That well, me. Civil War was dire. There was a lot going on, bud. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I think that's why that line in Civil War is effective is because you would never hear him say it and so it's you know it happens when yeah. when uh, Scott goes giant man. It's like Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard because I think it would six work for the of scene. Him not doing it and then have and then do it. Right. Impact, you're right. You're right. You're right. right. I understand they that. Could have said poopy, you know. Also the Holy one more poopy. one more complaint about 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 Homecoming. I, and this is I only do this with films that I love by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um I thought that there was a cool, um, it was a really cool premise there about like the kids who were like in their grade, but then they came back and like the like the one kid is all like tall and hot now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like such a clearer through line for that would have been to make that Flash Thompson, because like yeah. then you get you get two bites at the apple with that character, because like mm-hmm. for the first film he was like this kind of upgraded bully where he's like a trust fund kid which is great but mm-hmm. then in the second one you could have like aged him into flash thompson yes. right he's like this big buff dude who now has like physical power or thinks he has physical power over peter and then you have that love triangle there and i thought that would have been a really a, a cleaner through line because flash is a cool bully but he's completely uh, toothless because he like right. he runs this like internet blog thing, but he never uses it to fuck with Peter. 
Like he never does anything with it to be mean to him. He kind of just really, like they is, haven't really fleshed him out yet. He's just no, not at all. And that would have been a great opportunity to flesh flash out to like make him this big jockey bully dude who's also a trust fund kid and now Mary Jane right. kind of they thinks he's hot and Peter hates that and everything. Like I just I don't know. I thought that was a, a missed opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the. Uh, for, for for better or for worse, a lot of the Spider-Man B cast, the side characters, the supportings, have been just made. Okay, we're just going to use those names to be the side characters. And, you know, it's Flash Thompson, and he's the bully, but you know, he's not really in the story. He's not really in the movie. Same with Betty right. Brant. You know, Betty yeah, Brant is right, obviously right, right. nothing like her. Well, I did uh, like Betty and Ned. Like, yeah, right. Being yeah, together because Betty and Ned are together, mm-hmm. right, in the comics. You know. Yeah, and, and but they did that in the first movie too, where they just kind of like mentioned MJ. Just kind of mm-hmm. named, yeah, just kind of named characters that. But then they really, that. you know, got into the characters, so I think right. it's just kind of... I don't mind updating there. it, but if you're going to, like, I mean, Flash is not a small character. Like, Flash is a very mm-hmm. impactful character on Peter's life as a whole, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and, and, and they hinted at it, because, like, the coolest, the, coolest, the, the coolio, um, uh, the coolest thing about Flash Thompson is that dichotomy that he has where he picks on Peter but adores Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And like it's there. I just I, I felt like honestly that when the Blu-ray comes out, we're gonna see more about that. And that might that might be all set up for what occurs in that mid that mid credit sequence. I feel like mm-hmm. Flash will probably be all over that. Um, yeah. Also, just a. I mean, this. I'm trying not to spoil it, but yeah. Uh, the um, Jake Gyllenhaal at the beginning, I kept mm-hmm. kind of feeling like I don't know, man. Like, but as soon as he he flipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he was fantastic, and I was all absolutely. Man. But and at all, first, I was like, "Man, like, can, is really Jake Gyllenhaal bad?" At <laughs> yeah. Acting? And Hell in no. the same, and in the same way that in the first one, Vulture had some like solid points. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal has some pretty solid points right. too. And mm-hmm. the way that they like tied everything into all the films and everything, and like, um, uh, and and a lot of those, um, a lot of those um, names are the names of those people's actual jobs. Like the customer was named Jane, which I believe is the actual customer of the Marvel franchise. The nice. the, the the person who was the um, well, what they would call the pro- the producer was Victoria, who'd be Victoria Alonzo. So mm-hmm. a lot of it was like real inside baseball dynamic. I, I don't I don't know if that was actually them, but it was real like. Um, it was like a cast, um, like a cast photo at the end of the yearbook for like everyone who made Phase Three, right? right. It was like a big, a big like um, uh, celebration. I felt it was great. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely right. And Far From Home kind of functions as an epilogue to Endgame and to Phase One through Three, right? And so it's nice yeah. that they like as one last little tie it all together. Let's use, let's say, J- Gyllenhaal's in the background of Civil War. Let's say that this dude is the guy from Iron Man One. Um, well, that is the brilliant. guy from Iron Man One. <clears throat> yeah, sorry. Yeah, it is yeah. the exact same actor and everything. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. I don't know. It was I'm awesome. fairly no, certain that guy from Iron Man One that he doesn't actually have male pattern baldness and that they shave it into his head and it drives me crazy. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Like Just you can tell because it's hair, so bro. perfectly. It's so yeah yeah. yeah there's yeah. no like stray mm-hmm. hairs. It's like well, perfect. That, that kind of shit bugs me too much. Like the Venom film. Uh, who, who's the actress who plays Anne? Um, Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams, Michelle yeah. Williams is wearing the worst wig in the world, <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like whatever hair you came to set with would have been fine. Right. Whatever it is would have been perfectly fine. No one right. would have ever blinked an eye at it. But what is this crazy wig that you're wearing? 
the wig game in Venom is, is Well, she is, also could have just used a regular skin instead of having candle wax for skin in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Stegman, no. I don't know. No, why I don't she support like, that statement like even a, a little bit. Like a I think that she's beautiful and, and Oh, I do too. I actually really yeah. like her. I was just like something's something's up here. I don't know. <laughs> wow. I mean, Michelle Williams, if Michelle, Michelle, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> she probably is, bro. Oh, she totally is. She totally is. She's listening in prep for Venom, too. Yeah. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. We, we think about that. <laughs> I actually just came from watching Far From Home uh, again. So very, very nice to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Um, but it's very good. Uh, it is very good. Highly I think it's a really great time. I yes. think John Watts is directing the hell out of those action oh sequences. Like the that, way the camera's moving with Spidey is yeah, so yeah. so good. What? Well, How did you not have a good time? We with already that? kind of mentioned them. Those those sort of psychedelic oh my god scenes were oh yeah unbelievable. I could have watched world. that all day. Me mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I was losing my mind. And like up until that point, I was just like, all right, this Mysterio dude's kind of all right, but like. Right. You know, that's, like, all the shit I saw from the trailers, and, like, I knew he was going to turn. Like, everyone knew he was going to turn. But then those Mysterio, like, um, those, like, uh, the hallucination kind of sequences, I was like, yo, that's, there it is. That's, that's bananas, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's this great moment, right, you know, where everybody that's watching it that's expecting Mysterio to turn, uh, you know, the first time they're going through it, and then there's everybody that doesn't know about it, right? Which, yeah, right, know, right. I don't know how big a population that is, but, like, when he's given the backstory and he's like, it's the monster that took my family, and he grabs the ring on his finger. Yeah. Everybody that's on the inn is just like, Mysterio, you dickhead. You, you piece douche. of shit. You fucking liar. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> It's, so it's, that's great. It's, it's great. I will say one more complaint. Um, there is, there is, there is an over, um, an like. Spider Man's real fucking strong and can heal really, really easy. But like, they're going some real Fast and the Furious fucking nonsense with how unkillable my man gets hit full on in the face with a train. Like, not misses it barely, not, like, he gets full on hit square with a speeding train and he's just like, cool, it's fine, yeah, it's totally right. fine. Yeah. I don't like that. I really, I like a, I like a, I like a Peter Parker getting bloody and, and breaking bones and being, like, he's not, they did that scene in Iron Man 2? Is, is, is Iron Man 2 the sequence where everyone's falling out of the plane or is that 3? Three. Remember, he has to catch – it's three, right? And mm-hmm. then he lands, and he fucking gets hit by the truck, and it's like, oh, he's not in it. Like, they did that, but, like, it's scary. It's supposed to be scary, but, like, now that he's gotten hit by a train and, like, is totally fine, am I supposed to be worried about these drones? Right, yeah. He's also, <laughs> he's also apparently bulletproof, so am I supposed to be worried about any of this shit anymore? So, like, right. I, in this in, – in whatever the third one is, I really want it to be someone who's just strong as fuck – and we'll just take him into the streets and beat the fuck out of him. Like, like no clever nonsense. Like, someone, like, who's, like, really big and kind of, like, maybe, like, has, like, a kind of a spider motif. Like, a bone to pick. Mm. Like, maybe, mm-hmm. like, a big, like, a big dark shadow of a dude. Yeah, yeah like, Craven. Some, like, Craven. Like, oh, mm-hmm. not, no. <laughs> maybe not Craven. That one Rhino. Might not be, Rhino could be cool. Juggernaut. Mm. Um, no, I just, I just, I want it. I just, I, that's my favorite thing about Spider-Man is that he... His his real superpower is that he gets knocked down a lot and he gets up more, right? Mm-hmm. And I just never, when he got hit by a train, I was like, oh, "Fucking roll credits? Are we done?" <laughs> like Jesus Christ, that's a big deal. Um, so anyway, all right. I will all say, right. All right. One last thing. 
I yeah. have one embarrassing moment during the movie where I felt like I was going to have to take my son out of the theater because uh-huh. when they called him Night Monkey, my son, <laughs> my eight-year-old was laughing so loud and so hard <laughs> that like, I started looking around at people like kind of being like, sorry, I, I, I can't tell him to stop laughing. And it, you know, but it was like, it hit him so hard for some reason. <laughs> We Good should, to know that that joke landed. We should introduce that character people. in our run and then retroactively try and get points on it. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Well, I think people are going to love to hear your thoughts on that, obviously. Um, but now it's time uh, for the main event, shall we? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. It's Venom, issue number two, everybody. Written marvelously by Mr. Johnny Cates with pencils by Ryan Stegman. And, uh, of course, we can't forget the rest of the team. Mr. J.P. Mayer is doing a phenomenal job. And so is, of course, Frank Martin. Mm-hmm. As Clayton always. Cowles too. Clayton Cowles. Devin. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's dive into it. Uh, anybody got anything to say about it before, uh, before getting into the actual nitty-gritty of the narrative? Um, uh, I can say that we went through a million revisions on the co- colors. Oh, on the, co- on yeah. the cover. Colors of the cover. Of the cover, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, um, did you know that this cover and the covers for um, like issues one, two, three, and I believe four are all on shirts that you can buy from a Hot Topic? Whoa, two that's is dope. Two? Yeah. Wait, hmm. what was on four? Oh, yeah, uh, the, the, the Hamlet one. Yeah. They're all really? there. Yeah. And on Walmart, there's a you can buy the the first one. It's like all graphic and everything. I never, I never got one of those. No, I, I haven't. <laughs> see, I, people keep messaging them to me. I want to get some for me and my kids. Oh, and then on Amazon, you you, you can buy a Null shirt with the Null yeah, symbol. Yeah, that's really? sweet. Which actually looks pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen that one. <sighs> I just want some money for it, but that's <laughs> just, um, like a, just a taste. I will say for issue two that this is. Um, this marks the first issue that I wrote with Ryan in mind, because as we talked about in the last, uh, in the last episode, um, I had written the first one before I, I knew who was, uh, who was going to draw it at all. Mm-hmm. So th- this is the first issue where I, I kind of wrote for Ryan. I think this kind of marks where you and I are starting to, um, get into our groove and like where I'm starting to kind of like ease back on you and say, Hey, cut loose, do this, do, do like do whatever you want and shit, you know? Yeah, this uh, opening sequence here was actually pretty intimidating because um, I didn't know if it was going to work. Like it, it was kind of an outlandish idea. Yeah. And if you th- if if we went back to the script, which I don't have on hand, but you know that's kind of pointless. But the, there, I had to, I ended up like kind of adding. You completely changed it. Yeah. Because it, it was it was supposed to be a. Um, I remember how it was written. It was supposed to just be. Uh, Essentially, kind of a, sla- a, a splash right. of Eddie lying on his back with the hole there, with the symbiotes draining around the frame and draining down into his chest, mm-hmm. um, and then concentric circles going down into it, acting as panels. Which we which, then ended up kind of using on the next page. Right. Um, and then, but I, I always love to open up an issue with the the tall, thin panels. It's kind of like a Frank Miller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Thing that I always think is just it's kind of intense and this is a one of the most intense moments in the book you know you you're left at the end of issue one wondering you know is he dead whatever right mm-hmm. so yeah this was a really fun sequence to do because uh, it was all uh, there, I've definitely never done a sequence like this before 
Yeah, I mean, it was. I remember in the month between issues, people thinking uh, strongly that we had killed Eddie. Mm-hmm. That like, 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 oh, like the big twist of their of their run is that Eddie's dead in the first issue, and like now the whole thing is going to be like, who's going to be the next thing? And I was like, nah, just hold on. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is um, it's kind of a, a, a tit for tat kind of a thing where we we you'll see us do this um, oftentimes in the book where. There'll be an issue that is there's big crazy venom stuff. By that I mean the symbiote specifically, the mythology things. And then we'll we'll immediately pivot off of that and try and do our best to bring the focus back on Eddie and like mm-hmm. try and get to know Eddie in a way that we haven't. Um, I mean, a lot of that you think about like the Hulk, right? And the Hulk is a great character. But is he as good of a character if you don't know everything every, every that Bruce struggles with? Mm-hmm. Right. At the end of the day, that's just a monster. Right. And so we really wanted to get to that. And this was the 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 fastest way to do that was to literally dig inside of him and find out who he is. Um, if you don't have anything else to say about this first page, I, I have a thing I want to say about the second page. Yeah, go for it. So um, for people who have who have read the entire run uh, up, up to date um, in the abyss, in the second arc. Um, we 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 do this reveal where um, Eddie uh, was uh, drunk driving. Well, yeah, spoiler three, two, one. Spoiler where Eddie, uh, as a young man in his teens, uh, got drunk, stole a car, and accidentally killed a kid. And to show you how much that was planned out, panel two of our spread, that's that scene. This um, the the line here says uh, his mom died in childbirth, Catholic as hell, only child. Father was rich, but lost it all after Eddie w- was involved in some sort of an accident when he was a kid. And what it looks like is that Eddie is this little kid, and the car is bracing down on him. As you read the book, the reveal is that that's not Eddie. Eddie's driving that car. So people ask us all the time, how like how fleshed out was this Bible, and has anything changed? That's the best evidence that I can show people is like these things have been planned for for years. Right, and if you look at the next page, I mean, you even planned out Lethal Protector thirty years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I reverse. I reverse. They reverse stole my ideas for all the Venom stories. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is a really neat sequence. And I I like the way that we did the lettering in the margins there. This is a thing that Ryan kind of, to, to my knowledge, invented. I've never really seen this in books before unless, Ryan, you pulled this from somewhere. I feel like it's a uh, it's like a Mazzucchelli, Frank Miller thing. Well, maybe. If I have any good ideas, I probably stole them from Frank Miller. Sure. Well, uh, the idea of not – I think it's just selfish on you because you get it and want to cover up your beautiful art. But, like, <laughs> moving – when I do this in a book – like, when I'll, I'll – I'm, I'm prone to monologuing, right? Uh-huh. And so when I do that, Ryan's very good about um, uh, finding places for mine to just sit next to his – um, to his art and like we both kind of enrich each other you'll see that all of the th- like all of these um, all these captions coincide with like kind of the visual metaphor that Ryan's doing right um, I don't think there's anywhere that's better done than in the first issue of the abyss the bus yeah. monologue was the best time that we ever did that um, yeah, sure. and we do it we do it a little bit more in absolute carnage Um but it's just cool because a lot of artists, and this goes back to Ryan and I's relationship as um, as collaborators on this book, is that um, in an in a 
maybe a younger team or a team that that wasn't um, as in tune with like what the story is supposed to be doing, this might all compete. Mm-hmm. Like these images might compete with the word because they are telling completely two different stories, right? Right. Um, but Ryan found a way to just let them sit next to each other and found a, a way to make them flow and hit and beat and like like all the questions sit in between everything. Right. And like, I didn't design it. That's all Ryan. Like Ryan, Ryan built that out to where the, um, to where it would, it would flow like that. Yeah. I think that it, in the end, it, it, what it does is it, it integrates for some reason, even though I'm set, I feel like I'm separating it more somehow it makes the writing and the art more integrated. I don't know why that it works that way, but, uh, it feels, I think it allows very, you to, like, s- feels very literary. I think it allows you to sit with each without, mm-hmm competing with each other does that make sense yeah and like if, I, if i didn't like the, if i didn't like the words i probably would have just shouted out <laughs> well that's the thing is that, like if you don't like your dumb art you can just read my beautiful prose and ignore you <laughs> yeah right? yeah we just should keep everything separate from now on. yeah and you know what this is a thing that's happening in here that i, I did frank get away from doing this or did he just did, do this here because these are like kind of flashbacks um these blur effects which i i quite like yeah, but no, I, he he was doing that for the for the flash. If you notice, like it's only in the flashback stuff. That right. He was doing yeah. It. So at first yeah, I thought were, he would do sepia or something, but then right, this is what he turned in, and it's I didn't like even hazy. want to change. I love he's so good at um, he at playing the cold colors cold, with the cold hot, against yeah. the yeah. So you've got hot. You know the the main scene is hot. The flashbacks are all cold, and it mm-hmm. makes it very uh, very distant. Yeah, sort of distant and visceral. Mm-hmm. Well, it just yep. it places you where you are. Like, you know without even thinking about it where where the present is and where the past mm-hmm. is because he establishes this on the first panel of these hot tones going forward. And that's something that he's doing all through. I mean, we got the colors back on Absolute Carnage oh number one today, and they're fucking unreal. And it's... it's I can't when, even believe that this book is happening. I know. It's <laughs> it's it's uh, it's crazy. Um, uh yeah, I but I quite like on this on the, when you when you turn out of this page, um, these these top three and bottom two circular panels, I've always loved. It's the symbiote going into a vein, mm-hmm. grabbing um, like these destroyed white blood cells or red blood cells, and then like wrapping around them and leaving in their back. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. wrapping around his heart like a spider and bringing it, like jump starting his heart to bring him back. That's fucking crazy. And <laughs> uh, we kind of, it's just a creepy visual, right? But I like the way that um, Clayton placed these words on it, is mm-hmm. right when it gets to that third um, uh, circle with these dead cells and this black going over it, the word above that is cancer. And as you'll notice, if we go back, if you go forward into Abyss, we know that the cancer was caused by, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, by the symbiote. And here we have a visual of how it could do just such a thing. So again, mm-hmm. these things have been planned out forever. And like, there's just like little clues that honestly, I wouldn't even count as foreshadowing, but like, like, like things that I was thinking of and Ryan was thinking of when we did this stuff mm-hmm. that, that, that we did to amuse ourselves that in the hopes that maybe one day when people are reading back through this, if they're like doing like a deep dive, they might notice such a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, 
the I love the um, the heart squeezing panel. Yeah, it's so, such a serious moment. But I, I went like full cartoon where it's just like Squeeze. squeezing the shit out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I was really proud. I think that that this this sequence here where he says the uh, maybe that's the real story of Edward Allen Brock, the man of a thousand second chances. Then with that silhouette. Yeah. Uh, the comeback king. The, the comeback king. That that I could not be happier with how that sequence played out. Completely and agree. I, I love this opening sequence because I feel like if this was a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. We would get to that the comeback king. Roll credit. Not yeah. roll credits like the end, but uh, you know, put up the, the title. The cold card open. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Then you I always try and write shit like that. I always like every yeah. every issue I do, pages one, two, and three are always kind of your 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 cold open. And like mm-hmm. that, that whole line, maybe that's the real story of him. Like, you know, it says like these things that keep on happening to him, carnage and cancer and toxin. Um, and he's born and unborn and reborn over and over again. What I'm talking about are the relaunches of this character. Right. What yeah. I'm talking about is every new issue one and like every new iteration of this character. And he's a character that has gone through so many changes in the, in the 30 years that he's been around. He's been so many different things. And like, yeah, so is Spider-Man and so is X-Men and so is Batman. But that's over 60 years. That's over 70 years, 80 years. This is 30 years. And like, it seems like every five years, someone, not every five, like maybe every 10 years, someone comes up with a new version of Venom that sets mm-hmm. the world on fire, right? If it's not Rick or Mike or or, or like the, the, uh, the, um, the first uh, series with Bagley, right? There's always a new thing. And so that's what I'm talking about is that, like, what I'm talking about here is kind of that, like, um, his heart is dead. It's squeezing back to life with our run, and we wake him back up. And that's Venom's real superpower is that he's the comeback king, and this is the comeback. And that was kind of the, the declaration of this, of, this, of this whole thing is that because we, quote, unquote, killed him, this is me coming back in and saying, like, nah, man, it's Eddie. It's always going to be Eddie. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a good, also a good statement on what we're doing here, where Venom. I think that you said that he has never done. We've never shown this before that Venom can save his life if he dies. It's been like you know, it's been like that kind of thing where like um, they would do like well, with Spider Man's a great opportunity, like a, a great thing. There would there always be these like throwaway lines where like some would be like, "Peter, are you okay?" And he'd be like, "I heal fast," and it's right. like move on, right? But mm-hmm. like Venom would be the same way. It's just like I need time to, for my alien to like take care of me or whatever, whatever the fuck. But I was like, no, let's show how fucking creepy that is. Like, let's show him because like on that double page spread, you literally see um, the symbiote making new bones for him. Like he he like wraps around these um, his ribs, essentially like his broken sternum here, and like creates a graft around them to hold in place. Right. And like the idea that this has been happening. For 30 years, like this is what Eddie goes through is that this this alien that like won't let him die has just been like stitching him back. Um, It says a lot about Eddie, like and how insane he is and how, uh, quote unquote, brave he is to like go into battle. I mean, you know, it's easy to be brave when you're unkillable, um, Mm -hmm. but it also really helps you if you have a death wish. Well, I think that it also plays into all the things that we're doing with their sort of codependence. uh, Right. Where. At this moment, you realize that the symbiote, like, literally controls his life and death, you know? Like, right. he 
controls him in every facet. He can. Well, and Eddie he could knows let him die too. Yeah. Yeah. And but he, you know, the, just this sort of bringing him back to life is kind of creepy. It, it, once you get to know, you know, kind of where we're going with the story, right? W- with with their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like you guys are saying, there's this sort of—I mean, there's a horror element, obviously, to the to the whole book. But uh, this this sequence in particular is pretty pretty gruesome. Like we've got a massive hole in all, Eddie's chest. All horror. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, is yeah, horrific, yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, I, and it is. Uh, but you, like you're saying, it's also kind of like there's something kind of sweet about it, right? The symbiote just yeah. won't let this dude die. Like he's the symbiote's doing so much work to make right. sure that Eddie does not bite the dust but is here. The symbi- is sim- the symbiote doing it? Because he wants to save Eddie, or because he doesn't want to be needs alone. a host. Exactly right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the eternal question, right? Is, mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. is between them, right? Or do they, you know, do they love do they each other? Or do they and, right. need each other because they don't have anything else? Right. right. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, and, by, and by the way, I wanted to say this is something that, as we, because we're going to end up doing this whole trade, right? But Hell yeah. um, when. Um, when the symbiote comes off of Eddie in the last issue of this, Eddie mm-hmm. still has a perfect hole in his sweatshirt right there, yeah. which is something yeah. that Ryan did that I completely fucking forgot about. And the art came in. And I was like, that's right. I was like, <laughs> all of this happens in like 48 hours. Like this entire first trade happens over the course of like two days. Like he never yeah. had time to go change his fucking shirt. Um, um. One other thing I do remember now, I forgot about this. The first uh-huh. layout I sent in for the issue two cover was, remember it was just going to be Eddie standing there in the costume with his face revealed and his chest was just going to be open and you were going to see his heart with the, the symbiote wrapped around it. And they said they rejected it. Which Why? Because standards in practice and shit they or what? Said, yeah, they said, they said it was too much body horror. Oh, I remember that now. Oh, my yeah. God. <sighs> yeah, that would have been cool. That's but crazy. I, I, I understood what they were saying. Mm-hmm. I'm awfully proud of this line um, where uh, on the next page, Rex is going through it. Um, you know, he says um, one of these days his chances are going to run dry. Could be today. Could be 100 years from now. Which, but by the way, is a creepy little foreshadowing clue with the idea that, that, that Rex, is, um, Rex is keen to the idea that when you wear it, you don't age. So right. it could be today or it could be a hundred years from now. That's important. Pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Either which way, don't change the truth. He's just a he's just a, just a dead man wearing his own coffin. I've always yeah, that's a good line. Quite liked that that, that line. And that line comes back at the end when he tells when he tells Null it's a coffin. It's so nice of Danny Glover to uh, <laughs> to give to us his comic. I know <laughs> to give us his uh, his life rights for yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty sweet, and it's uh, again another uh, testament to the to the coloring work here. So you've oh got God. like yeah. you've got the reds, you've got the blues, the mm-hmm. cool colors for the for the memories, and then you hop over to Rex, and there's so much green, this like yeah. sort of matrixy mm-hmm. sort of look yeah. to it. So good. All he's a soldier. Monitor. He's yeah. mm-hmm. he's like making files, and like he's like he's like you know he's very efficient kind of a guy. Um, Using the ch- the oldest computers I've ever seen. Yeah, right. <laughs> he like like I love this DOS font. Yeah, that Clayton did. It's smart. You know, because um, that's the thing is that there's always uh, three different kinds of captioning in a Venom book. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to navigate as the writer because there's there's Eddie's captions that narrate the story. There's inner thought captions that like tell us the, the stories. 
essentially talking to himself, but he's really talking to you, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. then there's the symbiote captions where the symbiote is talking in his head. But there's also Eddie captions that are responding to the symbiote captions that are a different kind of thing. Those are a different, like, response to this. It's bizarre. It's hard to write. And so mm -hmm. when, when we cut into this, into Rex, like, Clayton was smart enough to know that we had to make these look so different than the Eddie captions that are storytelling captions, Eddie thought captions, and symbiote cap captions, because it would get really fucking confusing about, like, who's talking. So making it... Because, like... Clayton gets these pages colored, right? And so Clayton matched these um, uh, to the color pattern that Frank did. And without ever saying it, you as the, the reader instinctively know who this is mm -hmm. because of Frank and Clayton working like hand in hand. It's cool. It's really cool when you really like stop and think about it. And uh, Actually, I think yeah. panel one, two, three, four, four, that's a stat, right? Yeah, panel from, four? The, from the cover to Venom. Because uh, yeah, did. you didn't. People don't know what yeah. a stat is, probably. Explain a stat. It's just where you just, uh, where I have to do less work. Yeah, right. <laughs> a cop it's out. A, yeah, basically, I just take a drawing that I did before and, and uh, paste it in. But the, it's just a stat. The, the photograph is a stat. Because initially, I did this really crappy little drawing because of the, 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 um, well, the size panel of it is tough. only allowed yeah. that much. Mm -hmm. And then Nick and Devin suggested, hey, we'll pay you to do a cover. Um, for Venom, um, and then you can just use that and stat it in when we so that we have like a nice photograph of what you know because this photograph's important. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what we did here. That's this um, Rex's line is kind of cool here too. Rex says, um, "I'm sorry, boys. It should have been you think you know he's saying it should have been me, right? And right. if you know the twist about Rex, you know that the I'm sorry the boys he's talking about are not the men in that photo, mm -hmm. right?" So Eddie shows back up, and uh, things his, go a little my, sideways. My favorite look of his, like, with his face uncovered, his long hair, and the Venom mm -hmm. gear. I love it. Let me. Uh, Do you, th th does the symbiote put his hair back in a ponytail when it, like, Venom's out on him? <laughs> yeah, of course. Sure, right. Nice little man bun in the back mm -hmm. for Eddie. Um, the, this one was is funny. This is just like a little uh, peek behind the curtain of the life of an artist. Um all of a sudden in this scene, Donnie's got him throwing uh, the, these cans at uh, <laughs> yeah. Rex. Yeah, there were me. never any cans. There were never any fucking cans, I know. <laughs> I just needed him because here's the thing. You know why that, that's, that's there? Because Venom could never touch him. Right. Because as soon as Venom touched him, he would realize oh, what we Rex is. We had this conversation because I was like, hey, could we just have, have him, and you were, could we just have him grab him and throw him? Like, and you uh -uh. were like, no, you can't. You so. can't touch him. So then I the symbiote like, would immediately be like, oh, this isn't a dude. You know, yeah. right. and so mm -hmm. Ryan. That's why in that first panel, there's prominently featured barrels, <laughs> yeah. which is when you really think about it. I'm sure nobody thought about that when they're reading it. No. But to me, well, that was such a big deal, and it was such a concession. And then I drew it, and I was like, "Oh, that's fine." Well, no, no one ever gave a yeah. fuck about the fact that this abandoned warehouse has a huge smelting plant in it for literally right. no reason whatsoever. <laughs> There's no yeah. reason that, that thing should be on and going. And, like, what kind of a weird warehouse is it that that's there? No yeah. one ever questioned it. No one ever talked about it. It's fine. It's fine. It works. Because yeah, I needed story. to it put does. a story god time. into it later. That's why it's there. <laughs> <laughs> if the payoff is good enough, people don't need the setup as much. That's fine. Right. So, uh, yeah, after throwing the very prominently featured barrels, yeah. um, <laughs> Eddie, so we, Eddie takes a little bit of a back seat. Yeah, and so 
We, um, yeah, well, yeah. Eddie takes the back seat because uh, some crazy shit starts going going down. Uh, the the kind of the null, uh, null infected symbiote kind of takes over again. And uh, uh, I mean, what happened? He looks he looks dope. He does look uh, dope. I I can't believe this hasn't been in a video game or a toy yet. I'm 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 decently furious about it. I think it it was in some weird Marvel. But it was app. in like the mobile mm-hmm. the mobile yeah. games, but it wasn't like a playable character. It was like a like a cut screen thing. But I want like a like an action figure and a statue and shit. I mean, it's a great hey, design. We'll get there. That action figure variant, Absolute Carnage, another one that's fucking yeah, awesome. That Are you kidding me? Have you seen that one? Ryan? Yeah, it's yes, awesome. uh, yeah, no, I love, I love the way that it's, that looks. It's John Tyler, right? It's phenomenal, yeah. super fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's actually one of the first like really clean looks at that new design that people were able to see. People were freaked out. It's the backwards awesome. goat legs, man. I'm telling you, those backwards <laughs> goat legs are fucked up. Um, because you know why? It's the first symbiote that you look at and you're like, oh, there's for sure not a dude in there. Like, Mm-mm. or if he is, Mm-mm. he's real fucked up. It makes it so creepy because we're used to seeing yeah, right. humanoid figures in there, right? Um, so anyway, yeah. Um, um, yeah, because really he freaks out, and then he, he um, to, to get himself out of it, he uh, he sets himself on fire <laughs> like mm-hmm. a maniac. Once again, I really, that's really there. Um, this sequence was really there um, to get us to, um, to, like, really hit home the fact that this incinerator is there. Um, yeah. Uh, really like hammering home with this like set pieces there, without you kind of I I hope without people realizing that it's there for a reason. I I, I like to think that people didn't think that that was a thing that it just you know was like a a a, a, a setting prop more than anything else. Well, I'll tell you more or less uh, as as someone that was just reading on that ground level was more so like. You know, this is just this incinerator in a warehouse, right? And so it never once crossed my mind that uh, Eddie was going to be able to, t- like, take Null, like, the, the god of the void, and shove him in, even get him anywhere near this mm-hmm. thing, let alone, uh, you know, destroy him uh, with it. Quote, um, unquote. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so, yeah, no, it never, it was never like a, oh, there's just setting up this incinerator bit for later. Um, right. Yeah, so, no, masterfully done. Oh, thank you. Um, this next fire, fire is a big theme in this book too. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, a funny, a weird little. Uh, maybe this is not. Maybe this is not a, a cool thing for me to say. Um, you know what? I'm gonna say anyway. Um, at the time that this that this Venom uh, book came out, I was um, I. Uh, <laughs> did I say that? Um, I was. I was uh, dating someone different. Um, okay. I was, in fact, married to someone different. And when it's a long-running thing in books that I've done that every single time there's a, re- a news reporter. That news reporter is always uh, the person that I'm dating. I, I sneak them into books. And this is uh, colored blonde, but uh, this is, in fact, my, uh, my ex-wife <laughs> as the news reporter here. And, and if you look also- at... The only female in the entire first volume. What are you doing right now? What's the matter with you? Why would you? <laughs> Somebody pointed that out to me on Twitter. I was like, holy shit. And it's my ex-wife. You know how much I'm going to get beat up about that? The only female is my ex-wife. Uh, you know what, though? The Grendel's female. 
I'm deciding oh, right sweet. now. That's I'm deciding good. right now. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Why well, I, I do its vagina prominently? So oh, man, what are we doing right now? I can't condone for myself, this. For myself. No, but what's funny is when you read Absolute Carnage number one, there is a a news reporter uh, that is uh, my current fiance. My 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 only fiance, uh, Megan, is my is current. in it. What's, this is bad. This is not going well for me at all. This is real bad. This is this is my. If I started introducing my wife, this is my current wife. I know. Wife. I know. <laughs> this is my future ex-wife. Um, hey, you know what? Megan's gonna listen to this. Um, so maybe we should maybe we should drag all this shit out of here. No, Hi, baby. I love it's you. Fine. Please forgive me. You did a great me job and Ethan know we're fucked when Stegman's like, "These are my current podcast producers, Ethan and Griffin." And we're like, yeah. "Well, what?" I'm introduce what? you guys that from now on oh shit <laughs> um oh boy i shouldn't have said any of that okay here we go um this is just a kind of a talky page i don't know if you want to say anything about this one. Oh, you know what this 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 news feed says stark tech plummets um what is and i forget what's underneath there but this is a little callback um to what was happening in uh dan's iron man at the time i forget what this was about but it was about that. That was like a thing that was happening. It was like I tried to, like the first Marvel retreat I went to, that was a big call, was to like if we could find little like subtle ways to do shit like that, um, to like mm-hmm. kind of touch and talk to each other's books, then to, then, then to like do as much as we could. Um, this one just got cut off by a caption, and now I can't for the life of me figure out what that says. Um, but it, it, was a, it was a response to something at the time. I forget, but anyway, there's that. Um, Ryan, you got anything? No, I want to get to the next page because I love the next sequence. Oh, this is oh, yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a story about this, but, but Ryan, if you want to talk about it. Oh, I just, I, I really, I don't know. I, one of my favorite comics ever is The Nom by uh, Michael Golden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think that's like the best comic book art I've ever seen in my life, so I was really excited to draw some Vietnam stuff. And uh, I don't know. I think that it's just horrific and awful and I'm, i've never drawn anything war related in a comic I, mm-hmm. you know i'm always drawing superheroes with muscles punching each other but i thought this you're, was like kind of a fun flex to get you're to so clearly it. influenced by golden though aren't you oh yeah that's yeah. all i want to be that's your <laughs> your cartooning and your acting in your face is so right out of the nom yeah i think that he i think that he he embodies what I would like to be able to do. I think he's just the best. Like oh, he's decades ahead Mc, of his time with that book. I, I talk a lot about about McFarlane. McFarlane was my first guy. Like he was the mm-hmm. guy that I fell in love with. But he was influenced heavily by Golden. So um, you know, you kind of I traced it back and then was like, well, this is like like a super uh, souped up version of McFarlane. This is amazing, you know. So yeah, totally. <laughs> Well, there's a um, actually speaking of the nom, um, not in this, but in um, our the the one shot that spun out of this sequence, which was Venam, um, the um, <clears throat> the dateline, like the location cap, uh, is the same date and the same location as the first issue of the of the nom. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was happening in the same jungle at the same time as the first issue of the nom. And actually, there was an edict came down from on high at Marvel where they wanted me to make all the characters in Venam the characters from the Nam. 
and they oh, wanted really? it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. and they wanted to tie it in. And I was like, dude, I am not gonna sully the good name of the Nam with this silly Venom <laughs> nonsense. Like, I'm sorry, I revere that book so fucking much. It's so good that like. I'd be such a prick to like hitch my wagon and be like, I'm I'm just as good as this cool stuff. Like, look, you know, fuck mm. that. I'm not gonna Forrest Gump my way through a bunch of better books, you know. <laughs> um, so, but this story, this little um, this little like vignette of of this um, uh, like these two pages, this is a real thing that happened to a buddy of mine. Um, not to a buddy of mine, rather. Um, my buddy Seamus, that if you read my book Redneck, he's a character in that. He's my best friend, and he's the guy that I go in, besides Brian Stegman, of course. Um, yeah. When I when I, uh, when I I get kind of stuck or like needs inspiration or anything, he's the guy that I go and just, like, we'll meet up and, like, have lunch or something like that. And it's like, I, 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 I can uh, talk at him, and he's a very good wall for me. And I got to this Vietnam sequence, and I was like, man, I just want to do some cool research and, like, find something, like, that like makes a lot of sense and like is like a cool like real life story, and he was like, "Well, man, I got one for you." And it was um this story happened to his gym coach in high school, and they told him that like um, he was a Vietnam vet, and um, one of the kids asked him in class, "You know, kids are assholes," and was like, "Hey, did you ever kill anybody in the war?" And he got like real serious, and he told this exact story. They were pinned down by snipers. And they, and they couldn't find cover anywhere. So they just started digging down. And when they dug down, they found the re- regiment that died there before them buried underneath them. And they realized then that it was a sniper attack. Like there was a sniper's nest. That they would just like push people into this little area and kill them, bury them. And then like people would come and find those guys and bury them. Can you imagine anything fucking scarier? Then digging down, I see people were like, your friends are dying left and right. And when you dig down, you find the bodies of the dudes that you're there to find. It's right. so fucking unreal scary. And then um, someone in class asked him, well, like, what did you guys do? And he said, we called in a napalm strike and we killed every motherfucker in Vietnam. That was his exact quote. Um, and so because they couldn't find one guy, they couldn't find the tree that, that, that he was in. So they just got rid of all of them trees. Which is crazy. And so, you know, I kind of reconfigured it a little bit to make Rex the hero here. That he was going to go mm-hmm. and absorb some bullets to save their boys some sometime. And he got caught by the napalm. Um, which I, I love um, what Ryan did on this next page. R- Ryan, did you want to talk about this page anymore? Uh, no, I, we can move to the next one. Well, I, I wanted to say that, that Frank's um, texturing on the panel borders, like turning it into like an old war mag for a second yeah, that's so cool you know it's really mm-hmm. cool like he, he like turned it into like a uh, newsprint for like yeah. two pages i didn't fucking yeah rad. i didn't do that that's that, yeah that's always interesting you know you forget that that he adds so much but yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely a place where he just ran with the ball um i love this next page um because it's so respectful for rex like you did it in silhouette as a hero where it could have very easily been gory and it could have been, but like we're talking about a hero and like, we need mm-hmm. to respect Rex and we like need to like, mm-hmm. like feel for him. And so doing it in silhouette and having him drop on his knees. And my favorite thing with this whole thing is that last panel, like the, the, the dignity on his face. Like he doesn't yeah, scream, just, just taking it. He yeah. just takes it. Like he just takes it. Like, and, and then all I felt was napalm is also a line that I, that I, that I quite like. 
We need to do a Vietnam book. Fuck yeah, bro. We, <laughs> well, I, mean, I did one. It's called Vietnam. Uh, yeah. <laughs> stupidest shit I've ever done in my life. Um, <laughs> and then, I, if, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first appearance of uh, old school Nick Fury uh, right. since in forever. Fear itself, like when he became the Unseen, um, mm-hmm. which I was very happy to get to, to do. Because like, I remember there was a draft of this where I didn't name him. It was like there was a man in the shadows. And then I think you turned in your art, and not to be a dick, but you couldn't tell from your silhouette that it was Fury. Hard what, to do a silhouette. Like no, they, they, no, they told me not to. They said They said, make it like vague if it's Nick Fury or not. So then I did it, and then they and then after, because it was like they didn't know. Oh, and then I went back in it. my draft and just put Fury. Well, you, had to, you told me you wanted it to be Fury, but then I think that the first... Uh, time that i turned it in they said no that's too obvious that it's nick fury we're not sure we're allowed to use him and then whatever but yeah they were they were kind of weird about it i think they just weren't sure if they were going to be allowed to use him yeah i mean it's just bizarre it's an old school like you know like Mm -hmm. marcus johnson the guy who would become the new nick fury wasn't even alive yet Anyway, mm-hmm. so this whole sequence is really fucked up and 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 cra- oh man, I mean you turn out of this page and fuck. This was if I have to if I had to say this was Ryan, this was the first time I ever said, "Hey, here's a big design page." Like mm-hmm. just go nuts. Like here's what we're going to do here. Like here's it, it's a double page splash. Like here's the kind of like like those four panels in the middle there are kind of like the beats I told him that we kind of need to hit. But then the rest of this I didn't tell Ryan to do none of this shit. Like he just mm-hmm. he's just that's what I'm talking about when I when I say that like Ryan's so good at um, improvising in the right key. Like because this shit fits like a glove with what we're doing. But mm-hmm. I I don't know that. I'd have to look at the script, but I mean, you, you, you improvised almost all of this, right? Yeah. I mean, it, I do. The, the thing I recall is you said the, the, the very visual thing you said was that the, uh, Grendel should be in like a prayer position. Um, but other than that, I don't really remember. Oh, in panel was at four. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, in like a fetal, uh, uh, position. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and he's like, yeah, waiting to be the, born. The rest, I just kind of got to go crazy. Well, like, I, I would dictate shit like, you know, panel one, he falls into that ocean, like ocean mm-hmm. of blackness and teeth and shit. And the rest of it, like, you can kind of pull from my captions, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, you know, shit like I, I woke up drowning, couldn't breathe, and then I learned I didn't need to breathe anymore, which you can see that in, like, panels two and three, you know, you can kind of, like... I don't really need to tell you how to draw that shit. Like all the captions are already there, you know. I'd rather you yeah. like interpret the captions than me try and make you fit some shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted this to be trippy and weird because it is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it well, this is. is what we were trying to get at is that like Venom at its core is that um um how do I always say it like uh like sci-fi horror which right. is a, a I mean just by its very basic concept of a dude attached to an alien right who has mm-hmm. big crazy teeth attached to like vanta black darkness like it's uh it's sci-fi horror and it's like this is us just like really pushing into that shit yeah and also yeah, I there's this. i love this sequence yeah it's great well also what you see here too is if you really pay attention if you know what um the planet clintar really is 
where it's not a planet, it's billions of symbiotes, um, and there's a hive there, that's what Rex is falling into in this first panel. Mm-hmm. That 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 ocean of symbiotes like swirling around. That's the that's the planet. That's where that's where Null is 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 caged up. You know, um, if I if I could read it for a second, I bet I but there's older. Yeah, moving like tendrils through the void. That shit. You know. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Even with that small piece, I feel like I, I could break the gods over my knee. That's null. Like we're getting into null shit already. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, uh, I saw glimpses of where it had been and the horrors it had unleashed upon countless civilizations that it had driven insane and then devoured. As we get into Null's origin, that's what like his like marching horde across the galaxy. That's what Null b- would do. So again, this is all about Null. This voice that spoke to him in the darkness, being connected, albeit briefly, to the to the to the horde. That's Null, and like all these things that he's seeing is Null. I love to the the. I don't remember whose idea it was, but the the uh, spiral in the. You the know, third panel, g- galactic spiral, right? That that reflects the spiral in the eyes and the mm-hmm. spiral that we've been using throughout. Yeah, we're geniuses. I know that's all there is to it. <laughs> really, the more I look at this book, it's like, God damn, it's so impressive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I remember stuff. this being a kind of a point of contention. I, I remember this is not how I originally wrote this shit. Um, I think this is a really last minute. Do you remember this dude? Like this being a really last minute cut. Originally, it was going to cut back to. Um, to Rex and mm-hmm. Eddie talking in the warehouse and then um, Devin was like you build it up and you build it up and you build it up and then it just falls away and then you want us to like get really like like way back in it like you want to ramp the action up again towards the end it'd be better if you just came right out of this it said God is coming like right here right right um, and like do the dragon here and he ended up he's totally right like the because like now the clock is ticking. Like as soon as you get to this, like you're in present day, it's fucking. You're talking about the the spread of the dragon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the the god is coming, um, which is the first time you actually see the Grendel in full, because mm-hmm. you saw it from a way like really way far away in the at the end of the first issue, you know. Um, but this is the first time you actually really get a taste of it. And man, it is a badass fucking dragon. I don't that was hard you, to draw, guys. I don't, I don't think you ever <laughs> turned in a design of this. I had no choice. I mean, we were, like, behind the eight ball already. Yeah. So, like, I just had to do it and uh, hope for the best. But that, like I, I've said before, I feel like that's some, for some reason, my designs are best when I go that route. I don't know why. Uh, I, I tend to second guess otherwise, so. Yeah. Well, uh, it's flawless. I mean, it's so fucking good. I mean, I... I uh, you make a you make some really rad choices dragon wise in here that I love the uh, the decision to to, to not go uh, front arms and wings to like make his mm-hmm. wings the arms is a great one um, the fucking sheer size of this thing because in the first issue you can't really get a get a really good grasp on how big it is because there's it's mm-hmm. like it's above about a few different planes. It's it's above the lake. It's also above the buildings. So like you never know how big it is. Um, and here you can see it. It has all those uh, red and black tones. It looks a little carnagey in places, which is also foreshadowing. Um, and Frank just it, colored the fuck out of this thing. Good thing mm-hmm. I didn't make any of the characters um, that are in the city underneath a female. 
So they can keep our streak alive. No, I feel like this one, like right here on the right, that's a that's yeah, a lady. Yeah, that's a lady. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. This guy over here on Could the left be. just got a gun. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's one of them police. It's a cop. It's a cop. A pig, dude. Um, <laughs> what, got dude? Him. What? Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm hip. You I guys get don't it. like cops. Shut up. Um, <laughs> so this is a this is a, one of my favorite sequences because as soon as we announced um, that we were taking over Venom, um, I what happened was what uh, I for sure knew was going to happen, which was people just uh, banging our door down about when is Spider Man going to show up. When is Spider-Man going to show? When's the crossover? Which I get, man. Uh, and the answer is August 7th, uh, Absolute Carnage, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this first arc, I didn't want to do it, man, because I didn't, I, you know, we've talked a lot about the, this idea that we wanted to bring him out of his shadow, right? But there is a Spider-Man out there that he has never met. And um, this marks the first time, I'll spoil it because it's, it's on the next page. This makes the. F- I, I am incredibly fortunate enough that I was the first writer to ever write Miles after uh, Brian. Uh, in the list of people who have ever written written Brian, it goes or Miles, it goes Brian and then me, which is such a huge fucking honor. Um, and I got to write the first time that Miles met Eddie, which is fucking crazy. Um, so yeah, so we 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 do this thing here where Eddie just pieces out. Um, and it says the city is in chaos today as Spider-Man has arrived to combat what can only be described. And Rex is like, ah, shit. Right. And so we're telling everybody Spider-Man's here. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, really quick on this on this page 19. I love this page. Um, the I'm, I'm, I'm quite, um, quite proud of the captionings on it. But that last page, that distant shot of the dragon rising up out of the dust in the in the the fire and shit is one of the scariest things in this entire run. I agree. I, 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 that one, I'm like, I'm pretty impressed with myself. I mean, I, I've said that I'm impressed with myself over and over. So, but like genuinely that one, I'm like, that was a good idea. That's a fucking good one. Well, the thing is you never see this kind of shot. Like you always see the hero, like in like a hero pose facing down on it. But this is like, this is like what it would really look like if you were a, 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 a citizen on the mm-hmm. street. I mean, it's, you know. And those colors make it so epic. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, it just, feels. It's so cinematic. It's yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. You, you, mm-hmm. you can feel that. You can feel it, like, rising up, like. like yeah. You, you can like hear, like, that yeah. bass <laughs> note, like, rising up out of it. It's so fucking scary. And then we're not waiting around to die if our day is coming. Let it come. And you cut, and Miles is. Um, Ryan finally figured out how to do someone uncloaking out of being invisible. Yeah, we, we, we had to keep <laughs> messing around with that. Yeah, and uh, that's that. Uh, that line, um, um, uh, if our day is coming, let, let, let it come, uh, I stole from a, uh, a rap song by a dude named Scroobius Pip, who's actually a really big comic book fan, has a dope podcast called distraction pieces he's a british he's a british dude um uh white dude who has a stutter like i do um and it's never let him slow it down and he has a he's a song called called uh uh what the fuck is the name of that song i i I don't remember what the name of it is but um the the hook of it is if uh if the hard times are coming let them come um and i was listening to a lot of that shit and uh and pip and i are homies so uh 
Shout out to Pip. I put you I in Venom. I want to be his homie too. Come on. He's dope, dude. No, le- legitimately, like, if you guys like rapping and like hip hop and shit, listen to Pip. No, I know. I know a lot of his stuff. I knew, Do you really? I knew his stuff before he. Uh, w- what I knew he was a comic book fan, actually. Really? Because his his podcast, he's had like Ellis on and like all kinds of like really badass, mostly like uh, like British writers and shit. But um, anyway, yeah, this is also for me personally. This page is maybe my favorite drawing of Venom in this entire run. Like yeah, this I, shot I like of that him a lot too. is 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 my fucking favorite. Like that that's the look, and I. I've cut all of his hair, or I burnt all of his hair off and gave him a beard now, and I'm constantly regretting it, and I'm constantly trying to figure out how the fuck I can give him long hair again, and I can't figure it out, because that has to be a huge time jump. So, like, I'm just going to have to start telling artists to slowly, in every issue, just gradually grow it out, so that by the end of our run, I'll have long hair again. I like the uh, I like the look he has now, but yeah, I agree that his, his long hair look was pr- pretty awesome. I just couldn't square it at the end of this run... I couldn't square the idea of him still having hair while being completely engulfed in flames. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I just couldn't yeah. figure out how to make that. I couldn't figure out how to circle, circle that square. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it, 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 it had to go, you know? So that's issue two. That is issue two. Real quick. Might I just add like the, the genius of like bait and switch of having it be miles. Right. Because like you were saying, everybody immediately was wondering, okay, well, when are we going to run into Pete? When is Spidey showing up in this book? And then, uh, and then we hear it on the newscast, we're like, all right, here we go. Here's our Spider-Man Venom scene. And then it's Miles, and it's like, oh, that's like, it's, it's cooler in, in, in yeah, a way that's cooler, like yeah. hard to explain because well, you... Miles and Eddie have a fucking history that Eddie has mm-hmm. no idea what it is. Like, Eddie wasn't mm-hmm. there for what happened to Miles' mom, you know? And, I, I, and we'll get into it when we get into issue three, but... I, uh, I, Brian wasn't at Marvel anymore uh, by the time I was writing issue three. And um, I actually sent him, sorry, Marvel, I sent him um, uh, issue three because that was all Miles talking to Eddie and shit. And I had kind of written it a little bit differently than how it shows up. And Brian called me and was just like, you're not, he, he was like, dude, you're missing a huge thing here. Like, you're missing this whole backstory with, like, what happened to Miles' mom. And, like, dude, he would be terrified. Like, he would be a little kid again seeing mm-hmm. this this monster. You really got to play into that. So, like, like all props up to, up to Brian uh, on that one. I don't know if I'm, like... Yeah, they're dynamic. The way that you write their dynamic, it's, it's a perfect sort of... Uh, it's like a, a hero and sidekick relationship. Well, mm-hmm. I stole it all from Kill Bill. Like, that scene where, <laughs> where she kills... Um, was it was it uh, what's her name Copperhead? The yeah, where they have like the serial fight. Is it is it Copperhead? Some shit like Black that. Black Mamba. And no, she's Black Mamba. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, when she when the when the little girl comes in, and Beatrice is like, "Hey, look, if you, if if you still have beef with me when you're older, we can square up and like come and right. find me." That's just line for line what Eddie tells Miles at the end of this thing, you know. And by the way, that's, that's coming because they, they never did square up. So Absolute Carnage, number one on sale August 7th. Final order cut off Monday, son. <laughs> yep. Call Get him in. Retailer. Come on. Call your Miles retailer. in there. And pick up the um, exclusive Midtown Comics variant uh, drawn by uh, comics' newest artistic sensation, Donny Cates, and colored by his <laughs> beautiful fiance. Current fiance Megan, 
<laughs> Megan Hutchison. She's going to fucking hate that joke so bad. I love you, honey. Sorry. Your former girlfriend, current fiance, yeah. Megan Hutchison. I told her one, there you go. I told her one time that once we get married, I'm going to start calling her my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and she didn't think that was funny even a little bit. I think it's weird. All right. All right. So what do we got? We got some. Tw- yeah, some, let's get into some Twitter questions some here, folks. Questions. Here we got them. Let's do it. All right. So up first, uh, starting off on a very poignant note, I think Matt McKnight says in Venom Two, when the symbiote is repairing Eddie's injuries, why didn't you fill the tiles between with a pirate story that semi relates to the main plot? Hashtag better than Watchmen. <laughs> because that's why we're better than Watchmen because we don't fuck around oh, and waste time okay. on some nonsense. Yeah. yeah, we can do that if you want. Yeah, we can waste your fucking time if you want. Scene, but yeah. <laughs> pirate Venom? Sign me the fuck up, okay? Nah, Honestly, you guys would pull nah. it off. I know you would. Y'all leave it to us. <laughs> that's what's after Absolute Carnage. Yeah, pirate right. Venom. Mm-hmm. Just it's wait. Just, just wait. Pirate Venom. Yeah. Venom's ahoy. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Asha Vovina says, uh, I've seen a lot of artists draw ancient venom with a uh, segmented metallic tube that only appears on the symbiote soldiers, uh, symbiote co- symbiotes in comic. Um, were those tubes meant to be part of the life support system the soldiers were hooked up to or something else? I think that that's a misinterpretation by other artists. Yeah, from the, that scene, they probably got sent that art and told to draw. I know what she's talking about. I don't. She, Explain sure. it to me. So there, there. Sometimes a couple people. I think it's Clayton Crane, especially, has drawn the ancient venom with these tube, these metal tubes that look almost like the red things that are going throughout it. Okay. Yeah. And I had when they come out of in, in issue one when they come out of the back of the truck. Okay. They have those respirator things. Oh right, because they're because they were in containment and shit. Right. right. Okay. I got so you. that so those look like so I think he just kind of interpreted that and then i think other artists have done that too um but you know personally there would be well there's no reason for him to have any metal on him he's a <laughs> yeah he's ancient so mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of just it looks fucking creepy which is all i ever asked for i don't give a I shit agree. it like, looks cool i like to pretend it's just like worms or something yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Eric asks, was there any conversation with editorial about the giant hole in Eddie's chest? And is there anyone like Logan or Fury secretly in Rex's flashback? Been loving the book and the podcast. Keep up the good work. Uh, that's what I was going to say. We, we there... kind of answered that earlier. With, mm-hmm. with the, uh, the hole was a point of contention as long as it, I mean, inside the book, no. On the no, cover, yeah. Yes. On the, yeah, the cover was a problem. Inside the book, it was never a big deal. But they knew the plan. Like, they knew that that wasn't mm-hmm. ever going to be – it wasn't permanent, right? What's the second right. part of the question? I didn't, I didn't really – what was that? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Nick Fury was in his – was in that flashback, but Wolverine was not. Yes, he was. In the flashback? Oh, the flashback. No, in Venom he is. Wolverine mm-hmm. and, right. and Nick Fury are no, both in No, he's asking if, it, if we hit it – if we hit it. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, 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 no. So I guess you could say, yeah, Logan's the guy holding that sure. weird yeah, yeah, yeah. box that makes no sense. Yep. <laughs> sure. Um, uh, Guerrero uh, AD says, hello, Donnie and Ryan. Hi. Do you guys get feedback from Chip Zdarsky, a genius, before you send the final product to print? Thank you for your time. We, uh, yeah, we do. Uh, so we don't ask for it. And we're not real sure where it comes from or how or how he, he knows what we're doing. Um, he mainly he lives with me. 
his feed yeah he's back here his feedback is mostly hey, like chip Chipple. his feedback is like uh, guys oh he's rec- he's recording chip chipping around or whatever it is yeah. chipping Chip's away Ahoy, right now <laughs> yeah right forgot um yeah basically he just asks us he's he, he he's his criticism really is just questions like um how do you how do you guys do this? Yeah, <laughs> it's mostly why like, are you guys yeah, so good at this? Like stunned amazement. I don't know if you call he's it always criticism. Like, yeah, he's always asking me how I can draw so well and also be so handsome. Right, like, ah, Chip, this is not. It's not. Come on, if that's you not If you have to ask, you'll never know, Chippy. Like it's right. it's that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either have it or you don't. Yeah, Chip. exactly, dude. I mean, he's gonna get there one day. You got to give it to Chip. Like not. Not the best at almost anything, but like the tenacity, like the drive. Right. You know. He 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 tries so. He hard. tries so fucking hard. You got to give it to him like th- for that. You know, like a lot of people have been buying his books for sympathy to like make him feel good and stuff, and that's really fucking sweet. I honestly, we didn't really talk about how much like, as a community we've rallied around and really supported him. Um, it's like he's he's living like a Truman Show type. Life yeah. Where we're you know, and he doesn't. He I hope really, he doesn't listen to this because I don't want him to know. He would understand but, it know. if he did. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's like spelling Poor out guy. curse words instead of a, in front of a five-year-old. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? <laughs> don't ask me. Okay. Guerrero, okay. Uh, let us know. <laughs> we love you, um, Chip. <laughs> 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 Amazing Spider-Man life story is really good. It's really good. Uh, okay. It's really, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Um, Eunice uh, asks, will Spider-Man and Venom definitively stop their old quarrels? Um, I guess that's more so a question for, um, uh, maybe if he hasn't finished <laughs> reading, maybe if he well, only I'll read s- issue I'll say two. This. <laughs> um, uh, for, for that answer and more, Absolute Carnage on sale August 7th. Uh, final order cutoff is on Monday. Make sure you go and tell your retailer before Monday or on Monday before the close of business day. Uh, they have yes. a lot of orders to fill out. Um, do not assume that they're going to have a copy for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they won't. Have uh, a copy they're not going to have it for you. It's going to sell out. <laughs> Everyone's going to come and get it. They're not going to fucking have it. So if you want to fucking read it and you don't want to like pay like scalpers prices in a parking lot, then it's so easy to get one. And then you're going to be able to sell it because it's going to go to 14 printings. And so it's a good investment for you and your children. Just get mm-hmm. the first one and then you can fucking sell it for probably three, four hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. This is not a Chip Zdarsky comic no, book. No, okay? it's not a These will not, not sit on shit out of here. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Rakan says, "Awesome podcast uh, made me love and appreciate the comic even more." My question is for Donnie: uh, Who else did you consider using other than Miles when writing this arc? I'm so happy you went with him. He was awesome in the first issues, and uh, the cover of Absolute Carnage Two has me hyped. Yo, spell that dude's name for me. Uh, R A K A N, and then he has, uh, or they have in in parentheses, um, the. What I believe is the pronunciation, R U H C O. Okay, I thought, I, I thought that was a homie one. Um, did I ever think about? Well, we talked about that, right? Like it was a complete, you know, as, a, as designed as a feint, right? Um, mm-hmm. No, nah, I fucking love Miles, dude. I've, I've always loved Miles. I was, um, I was an intern in the Marvel offices when, uh, um, when the design, the day, so I walked into my editor's office at the time. It was Sunna. 
uh, Sana Aminat and uh, Jordan White and uh, Mark Panicia. That was the Hulk office and the Ultimate office, right? And so, like, part mm-hmm. of my job is I would like proofread uh, uh, Brian's scripts and stuff, right? And so they would give me every one of Brian's scripts, and then at a certain point, those scripts stopped. Like, they wouldn't give me them anymore. And it was like became real fucking classified, and I was like, "What's what's going on?" And they wouldn't tell me. And one time I walked into Sana's office and I got a glimpse at her computer and she turned around and she was like, wait, did, did you see that? And I was like, I didn't see anything. And she was like, ah, fuck it. Do you want to see? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she turned her screen towards me and it was the first ever drawing of Miles, like the design for him. And I was like, yo, who is that? And she was like, that's the new Spider-Man. And I was like, dude, that's fucking crazy. So I was that's there so the day the first piece of art came in. And I <coughs> ended up being the first guy to write him after Brian. So, like, I feel such a close connection to Miles. Um, and we have big plans for that kid. Um, uh, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so, no, no other um, uh, plans for that. Uh, and I guess uh, the, the second part of that question was these hype for that second cover, which is, mm-hmm. which is, uh, which is Miles and Eddie running from a, a bunch of monsters um and that's like my favorite it's dope yeah and i get that that would be the um extended plans that i'm hinting around oh yeah oh yeah don't forget those uh miles morales spider-man absolute carnage time that's gonna well. be probably of of all the tie-ins and ryan knows what i mean by this the miles morales tie-ins in conjunction with the end of absolute carnage number two constitutes probably the most brutal shit that happens in that entire event uh up until the end of it or so uh there's a bunch of really metal shit and a lot of really action like hardcore shit but um yeah the miles series um that saladin is doing and the end of absolute carnage number two is just the most gut-wrenching like just lives up to the fucking name stuff all right yeah sweet Jesus Mortera says, uh, my question is about a point in the arc in general. Uh, how did the background story for Rex, how was it born? Um, I mean, why is he a soldier? And uh, also, how did you guys come to the point that the symbiote uh, is, is the one that should survive, I guess, between him and Rex? Oh, boy, I don't know. I mean, I, that specific, like, Vietnam story we talked about in uh, either the last episode or this episode... Um, as where that came from, as to why Rex would be a soldier. Well, I knew that I wanted to, um, there's there, there like 19 layers of feints in that storytelling. We talked mm-hmm. about it in the breakdown of issue one, that I wanted people to go down this idea. Of, I, I introduced like four possible plots in that first issue. Like, oh, the symbiote's going, yeah. going insane. Oh, he doesn't have any control over it. Oh, it's killing people without him knowing about it. Oh, he's lost his job. Oh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. has got, has got like soldiers and techs and everything. Um, and there's all these things. But at the end of the day, the reveal was that there's a symbiote god. And I wanted to like just bury it and bury it and bury it and bury it as far as I could, right? Um, and so I guess um, uh, we've talked about how we, we, we want to use every single piece of Venom's mythology. And if you go back to, you know, a lot of people's favorite um, Venom run, uh, which is the Flash stuff by Rick, which is phenomenal, um, uh, that is a big part of it. Like, the the idea of these, like, um, of a symbiote soldier being used by by a, by a shield, uh, you know, type of an organization. Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought, 
you know, with all those kind of things, um, do we really think that's the first time they've ever done that? <laughs> you know, uh, right. that's the that's the conspiracy theorist in me, right? Um, nice. By the time you're aware of something, it means that they've done it a thousand times without you knowing about it. So mm-hmm. that was that was kind of the impetus for that. Um, I think we answered the rest of it, yeah. Yeah, more or less. Okay. I'd say. Um, next up is from our, our, our buddy Bender. He's emailed in a couple of times. Bender, good to hear from you once again, my man. Um, he asked he asked this in a, actually a previous email for an episode you weren't on, Donnie, but he's okay. asking, how many Pantera references has Donnie slipped in throughout all of his comics? None. I don't do that shit. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I put in references to stuff mm-hmm. um, uh, that, like, I, I, you know, there was like a, like a hip-hop thing in there. And there's a... There's actually a Run the Jewels reference that people will probably be able to find in Absolute Carnage number one because um, uh, we're homies with those guys. Um, I put in, like, little stuff from my friends with that, but ultimately, like, if it's not, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like, you know, if, if you want references to Pantera shit uh, and, like, metal shit, like, Capullo is your dude. Like, that's, nice. the, that's the dude you should go check out because that man is all about that shit. I'm about it, too. I just don't ever really think about it when I'm doing it. Because, honestly, I don't listen to Pantera when I write. I love – it's my favorite fucking band, uh, mm-hmm. metal band at least. But I can't listen to shit that has lyrics in it when I write. It has to be, like, orchestral stuff. So, like, yeah, if you were at my house, you would find me decidedly unmetal when I'm writing because it's just, like, pretty orchestra shit and, like, I'm wearing – sweatpants and a robe and stuff it's not exactly mm-hmm. as rock stars you might think <laughs> <laughs> um he's got a uh, second question here sure asking if you two would ever work together on a cosmic ghostwriter story which uh, would be fucking awesome i don't think ryan would ryan couldn't give a fuck about cosmic ghostwriter <laughs> I, li- I, I like i actually enjoyed the series i think uh but i think Dylan's did you read it that, that corner yeah really yeah oh. i told you i thought i was really impressed because you go from uh uh, the Venom stuff, to which is dark and kind of gloomy, and then you have this like hilarious comic with a bunch of, you know, good jokes in it. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. Good Raising guy. baby Thanos. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, really, the only reason I did that book um, was I really wanted to flex and just like show Marvel that I was capable of doing comedy, because um, <laughs> so often you get boxed in as like, oh, you're the you know, like you're the horror guy, or you're like, like you know who like quietly the funniest writer is at Marvel? It's Jason Aaron. Like Jason Aaron is fucking hilarious. Like he 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 has some banging ass jokes. But like you know, people don't think about Jason as being hilarious, right? Well, I knew I knew, yeah. Like the 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 stark contrast between Scalped and Wolverine and the X. Oh, Wolverine and the X Men is one of the best <laughs> books of all fucking time, man. It's good. It's mm-hmm. got a lot of well, like Wolverine and Spider Man when they go back in time, yeah. and Wolverine invents beer. That shit's fucking amazing, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's great, dude. So like, I always just like I always try and uh, diversify my portfolio at Marvel just so that they they they'll let me do whatever I want because I like proven that I can do a comedy thing or I can do a a, a, a crazy. Um, poetic cosmic uh, or um uh yeah like a cosmic thing or like a really hardcore scary thing or whatever the hell you know i also just get really bored a lot and i like i like to uh flex different um genres um would i like to see ryan uh draw some cosmic yeah hell yeah i don't think i don't think i'll ever write cosmic ever again um i i don't know i don't know i i i handed him off to jason uh avengers number 20 uh, gosh i want to say it's 
I think six is it? Six? six? 27? Oh, 26 to twenty-seven. Is, 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 I know it's in like the mid twenties, something like that. Mm-hmm. Jason's doing something a like race that. of the Ghost Riders, um, and uh, and Cosmic Ghost Riders is going to be in that. So I'm handing him off, and you know wherever Jason places him after, after that, that's where the dice will, or, or where the dust will kind of settle on that. I don't really mm-hmm. have any uh, further plans for him. Um, although you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, Ryan and I, uh, Ryan and I have. Um, like the next decade of what we're going to be doing together planned out. So mm-hmm. who fucking knows? We'll just throw him in. Yeah. Maybe he'll show up in Batman. Fuck yeah. it. <laughs> That'd be sweet. <laughs> That'd be awesome. What? What? <laughs> um, Donnie Cassidy's got one for us. He says, I guess you pretty much planned out all the stuff since the beginning. Yep. Talked about that. Um, but what was the biggest thing that you had to change? And, uh, and, if it didn't work out as planned uh, for whatever reason, what, 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 what may have been the reason for whatever the biggest thing, uh, however few there are, obviously, with you guys planning it out so much? Um, that's yeah. that's kind of super hard to answer because Ryan will probably know what I'm talking about. Um, There's some shit with the maker um, that I had really big plans for with the maker and like kind of... Um, I don't want to say anymore. There's like some. I'll be able to talk about it in like a year. Um, okay. Because uh, I don't want to. Cool. There's no way for me to talk about this without t- tipping my hand too much. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some like we've we, we haven't really been able to or or, or been uh, unable to do what we want. There's been like right. little little story things like little panels that needed to be changed or like little dialogue things or like. No, I would say after issue one when you. Before I came on the book, it seems like you guys did a lot of back and forth. And then since then, they've just been like, yes, great, do it. Yeah, I mean, it you still know? happens every now and then. It just doesn't it doesn't really ever get to you, Ryan. Like I'm I... working on a page <laughs> right now that's sitting here that is the bane of my existence because they added an extra page to an issue. Oh, that's uh, me, dude. That's on me. It, to yeah, number two? There's so much stuff on it. Yeah. Yeah, wait. <laughs> is it the – I know what page is. I'm so sorry. I, it's the nah, it's the fine. thing with the bridge. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's happening. It'll, it'll well, they gave done. me notes. That's the thing. Like, so when you, um, the most notes I've ever received in my life are uh, is currently, uh, because when you do one of these big summer mega event things, it doesn't just go through like our normal editorial team. It goes through fucking everyone, because it because yeah. it, it has to because we're touching corners of the like we're we're getting outside of our sandbox. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so for the most part, as long as we hang out in our own sandbox, no one gives a shit. Cause like, I'm not, it's only like, 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 like when I did Dr. Strange, right. When I made Loki, the Sorcerer Supreme, that was a really cool idea. And I got approved. But what I learned on that is that like, well, I'm not, I'm now not only dealing with the Dr. Strange office. I have to, everything has to go through, through the Thor office now too. Well, that's how that shit works is to like, be careful what you wish for. You know, if it's like, Oh, I want to put Captain America. And the, this issue is like, okay, cool. It's going to, you're, 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 you're going to get twice as many notes. And when you do a summer event, when it's an all hands on deck thing, and everyone's chiming in. Um, it tends to be fairly note intensive. It's a lot easier because we had that. Um, I think we talked about it last time. The, uh, the retreat that we did, um, it was Ryan and I, and, um, uh, uh, CB and Devin and Nick Lowe. And Nick Lowe is the senior editor of the Spider-Man office and uh, Devin's the Venom guy and CB's obviously our editor-in-chief. And we broke the story down like beat for beat, panel by panel, but then 
on like the second day, every editorial team came in. Every single editor at the company came in and we had to present it to them. So it toy people. Toy people, <laughs> a theme park people, TV show people. That's crazy. Fucking wow. everybody, dude. Um, wow. And we had to lay it out for them. Um, and so uh, it's a little bit easier, but I often veer off script. I, I often veer off of outline because I come up with a better idea, and that's when shit gets hairy. Um, but no, it's been great, man. Honestly, like I think I think people th- some sometimes think that um, Ryan and I are kiss asses, or we're like not telling the truth about how awesome our experiences over there. But I mean, honestly, ask me again in five years when I'm not like working there anymore or anything. I'll tell yeah, you the I mean, same I, fucking thing. I've had experiences that weren't as good as this before, for sure. But the truth is, on this one, it's all it's all going so well that it's yeah. crazy. And the notes it worries me. Like, where when's the bottom <laughs> fall out? Yeah, right. Well, sometimes when you get into a groove with an editorial team, I, I, I don't know if, if Ryan's the same way. You get into a groove how we are right now. Sometimes I'll be like, can you can you just um, can you hate something? Because like yeah. I don't I don't trust I that you like all of this. Like, surely there's some <laughs> shit in here that's terrible. Will you please please tell me it's fucking shitty? <laughs> like, like right. you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a joy, and it still is. And um, we actually worked through uh, today. Uh, we had a meeting about the end of our run. Um, we had, we we've we've mapped out uh, through. Yeah, it turns out turns out it's next issue. Yeah, it's the next issue. Yeah, Uh-oh. absolute carnage number one of one on sale August seventh. No, we've been fired. Is what we, we're saying. We're at that place now. We're. We're not anywhere near being done, but because of how schedules work, we had to have the conversation today um, about, like, how we're going to wrap up and, like, how it's going to be over in fucking, you know, however many years. And uh, it's weird. It's fucking weird. The idea was floated, like, do you have any ideas for who's going to write it after you? And I was like, I feel like maybe we just, like, uh, don't have anyone write it. Like, maybe (laughs) it's just done. Like, maybe we just, like, don't make Venom comics anymore because that's going to feel real weird. Like, Ryan, someday we're going to go into a comic book store and there's going to be a Venom book on the stands that we didn't have anything to do with. And I don't, I just don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, well, maybe we'll get Griffin to write it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, like, one of your kids <laughs> or, like, my fiance. Oh, yeah, by that time, my yeah. kids will be, you know, they'll be 10. I feel like that's how that, that shit Johnny, you just lost me the Venom book. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. I almost lose that shit on a daily basis, homie. Um, so, yeah. Any other questions? Awesome. Or? I mean, we got more stuff to get to, but I believe that was that was it for uh, for Donnie. Okay. Not you, Donnie. The other Donnie. Uh, Timmy L. He's got one. Uh, when Kate has to write a sappy, lovey-dovey scene with quality emotions, does he relive his somewhat fond memories of Ryan Stegman or tap into his relationship with his better friend, um, Matt Rosenberg? I really thought this you were is, about that's the. That's so rude. I thought you that's were really so about the tag, my fiance in it, and then Rosenberg came out. <laughs> and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Ryan, uh, I, I, well, I, first of all, we don't... your friendship with Rosenberg is hanging by a thread, from what I hear. <laughs> did you um, did you hear that from him or? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this. Yeah, I, I'm sorry you had to find out this way, but he hasn't been um, returning any of my texts lately, and that's yeah. not a joke. I don't know what the fuck's going <laughs> on with. I really don't know what's happening with him. He's the best uh, man at my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> The wedding that I wasn't invited to. So Good, you were. T- 
It's in Italy, you douchebag. If you were going to be I there. Know. I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> a real friend would come, but that's fine. But I'll say this. Uh, what Donnie, with the lovey-dovey stuff, uh, um, Donnie doesn't write those scenes. No, I don't do that Next shit. questions. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that shit. I do sad, sad, depressed dude scenes. Right. Mm-hmm. I've written a, mm-hmm. I've written a few um, love scenes, but it's always in in the book redneck that i write i've written a lot of love scenes um and that was i mean it's just it's i just i write about uh about megan my fiance i just i write about her the entire time uh and uh i you you're you're fucking with my rep i'm i'm cool and aloof and i don't give a fuck about <laughs> anything uh no I, I i when i if i have to not if I have to. If I get to, I love that shit. I I like love quite a bit. It's just um, there's a reason that 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 Eddie hasn't found it yet. I don't think he's ready. I just honestly I don't think that Eddie's ready for it. I don't think that Eddie is in a place where he's interested in it. Eddie hasn't figured himself out yet, and he has to take care of himself before he can ever be there for a mate. And also, the love of his life fucking killed herself, and I don't think that's anything that we should bounce back from yet. And he has he has a new um, he's a when you love someone, your heart exists on the outside of your body, right? And you have to take care of it because it's very vulnerable, right? Um, that could be a romantic love. Currently, it exists in a little boy named Dylan. Um, and Eddie really has to concentrate real hard on that because everything that Eddie has ever touched his entire life has turned to shit. Um, and so as far as a, a, a romantic love for Eddie, um, we're still a, a ways off be, before he can do, do that. Well, the... The symbiote story technically could be his his relationship with the symbiote could be technically a love story, but it's just like the worst possible kind. It's a very intimate relationship for right. sure. But yeah, it's just, yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not pleasant. It's it's the wrong kind of. It can be love. sometimes, right? I mean, it just depends. There's a there's a line in the first issue of Absolute Carnage that actually Ryan wrote that I stole from him and put it in the book. Um, I can't tell you what it is, uh, but it's one of the it's one of my favorite just um, uh, very apt uh, descriptors about the relationship between Eddie uh, and the symbiote uh, and what they need out of each other and what they actually give mm-hmm. each give each other. Ryan, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I text. I was just texting with you, and then you were like, "I'm stealing that." Yeah, it was really is very profound. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's different kinds of relationships. I do think that they do love each other. I think that they don't know um, what that means. I don't think they necessarily express it in the healthiest of ways. Uh, sometimes. Agreed. Uh, what's next? What else we got? So the comic despective. Uh, any connection between the abyss that we have no, seen God mentioned damn in? It. No. <laughs> no. You know how many fucking times I've had to answer this? this <laughs> Like, the idea that people are like, oh, well, wait, now, hold on. There's this expression called null and void, right? Mm -hmm. And then the century has a bad guy called void, and then you have null. So, obviously, obviously, no, god damn it. I'm not, I'm not a a fucking, like a, like a joke on a Laffy Taffy, guys. Like, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't. You told me that void was the Robin to null. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) You know how I do, I literally get. Maybe five tweets about this a day. People wow. who think that they've cracked the entire code. That like, oh, mm-hmm. well, because Sentry killed Carnage the first time, and now there's a bad guy named Null, but then Carnage, I'm just like, you guys, 
And I've never actually responded to any of them. And if they hear this, I'm going to spoil it because the thing is, like, it's driven up the speculator market because people are, like, buying, like, the first appearance of Void or uh, <laughs> and shit like that because they, they, like, they've, like, definitely cracked it. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just go ahead and squash that shit right now. No, no, there's no goddamn connection between those two. It's just, it's a, you guys are basing that off of a, of an, of like a, a saying, like null and void. They, they, it's, that's all you guys are going off of. I, I promise you, like, Ryan and I are more clever than that. At least I am. <laughs> Dante, uh, we've, we've kind of talked about this already, asking why you decided to use Miles. Is it planned or is it just uh, because it's a cool combo? Hey, a little bit of both. Yeah, a little right? bit of both. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Tim Shell asks, uh, what flavor Tic Tacs you munching on over there, Donnie? Oh, bro, uh, assorted fruit <laughs> all day, son. Assor- what? Come on, where's the orange? Now, hey, it's in there, man. It's in that mix. I like the assorted because I don't, I, don't, I don't fuck with the mint ones, but I like, I like the green apple ones. I like the orange ones. I like the, like the cherry ones. And so I just I get – shut up, Cordy. Um, so I just get the assorted ones. But – after that first episode, you'll notice I'm not eating anything because, like, after that first episode, <laughs> so many people on Twitter were like, hey, man, love the show. Can you stop fucking eating into my ear? And I was like, all right, that's fair. That, I'm sure it's so annoying. So I'm sorry, guys. I wasn't, I wasn't aware that I was, I was munching into your, into your ear balls. <laughs> um, Volkswagen Beetle says, uh, in issue two, Venom has to make repairs to Addy's body after one of the Grendel symbiotes stabs him through the chest. Uh-huh. Uh, this is very reminiscent to a scene in my favorite manga slash anime, Parasite. I was wondering if either of you were inspired by this scene or it was coincidental. No, I, I don't know what that is. I, I, yeah, I don't know what that is either. No, I, um, I, 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 I tell you what, I... I'm not a um, not because I don't like it or anything. It's just been like a, a like a kind of a hole in my uh, like nerd geekdom is like manga and anime stuff. But I do mm-hmm. um, I love the uh, like the style of stuff and I love like how stylized stuff is. And I frequently will like pull up ref uh, 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 for like um, not like not like costume stuff, but like um, no one does like bladed shit and like big ass guns like anime. Like, if you read my Death of the Inhumans book, uh, Vox has this, like, um, this giant scythe that the blade is, like, made out of, like, laser energy. I legit just stole that from some anime shit. I don't know what, where, where it came from, but, like, like them anime cats know how to do some baller shit. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, I've never I've, – I've heard a lot of that, actually. Like, like with the design of Null, like, I, I guess there's, like, a video game that has a character that looks like him or, like, an anime or some shit like that, but nah. Mm-hmm. Nah, it's a coincidence. Sorry. I'm looking at this parasite stuff. This looks nuts. I want to read this now. Really? What is it's a manga or, is it, or it's a or it's a Yeah, it's a horror manga. Oh, tight. Awesome. Cool. Reminds me of Junji Ito kind of. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, they uh they followed it up with the link, so you'll be able to find that on on Twitter oh, cool. right there, Tony, right. if you want to find it. Um this one I'm I'm in love with this question. Uh Nick Saya asks if your Venom run is ever adapted to film, who would you want to play slash voice <laughs> Null? And who would you want to direct it? Uh, Keanu Reeves, me. <laughs> I'll direct it. You can write it. Okay. Thank you. All right. No, Keanu Reeves is null. Is the is the most baller shit of all time, right? That would be good. That'd be sweet, right? That'd be absolutely awesome. Yeah, you put like a little like cool like voice changer show, and he's just like, hey, you know. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> fucking rowdy. You know, I spent four I, uh, hours. Trapped in a room with Keanu Reeves. Not trapped. 
Keanu Reeves was going to hire me to write a movie for him, and I spent four hours in a meeting with just him. Um, wow. It was the greatest moment of my life. We should do a podcast where I just tell that story because I've told it so many yeah. goddamn times. Ryan's heard it about a thousand times. It's 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 my it's the it's best good, it's though. the best story in my entire fucking arsenal. We should just release a bonus episode where I just tell it for the last time, and I can redirect I'm people down. to like to to watch that. And then we should get somebody to animate it for us. <laughs> Be wonderful. Um, I'll look into it, yeah, man. Hey, if you're listening to this and you animate shit and you want to do something for us, hit us up. And I'll tell the... Segmentandfriends at yeah. gmail.com. Let us know. A uh, quick suggestion. I mean, first off, obviously, I would love I would love to see either of you guys do some film work. I think that would be great. Um, I'm doing some right have... now. I just wrote the... I know you yeah. are. Yeah. Um, but if you uh, if we weren't talking like uh, that sort of stuff, I would love to see what um, Panos Cosmatos could do with with your guys' stuff. I don't know if anybody's familiar with uh, with his stuff. He just did Mandy last year. Oh my year god, with, Mandy's um, so fucking dope. Yo, exactly. I wrote, right. I write. I've, I've been writing Absolute Carnage and the Venom tie-ins to the to the, to the Mandy soundtrack. Which so is, good, uh, and he, Johan I think he could totally nail that aspect yeah, of it. I think he would rock that shit. That's a good shit. call, bro. That's a really good call. Absolutely. I know what the fuck I'm talking about sometimes. Um, uh, Volkswagen Wheel has another one for okay. us. Uh, Donnie, you said uh, in the previous episode that you have a, a great big old stash of Venom stuff. I think we're getting a little bit of a peek of it oh, uh, yeah, right yeah, in the yeah. shelf back there. Uh, and so a lot of people actually asked, um, have you ever posted any pictures of your Venom memorabilia? And um, it, how, how big is the collection? What's one of your favorite pieces? Oh, it's not probably as big as you think it would be. I get, I get, I get gifted a lot of shit. Um, so like, I have like a Venom lava lamp that's pretty cool. Um, it says, it's like, um, it says like shield containment on it and it's like meant to look like it's like a cylinder, like trapped and like the, like the lava's black. So it looks like there's a symbiote like trapped in that. That's pretty That's fucking sweet. cool. A fan brought, brought me that. I have a number of statues that I fucking dig. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I turn down a lot of shit cause like I'll be at shows walking around, um, and like you know, like they'll have like retailers on the floor um, who who you know know who I am and they know who Ryan is and want to give me like like Venom action figures and shit. I'm just like, man, thank you, but like I don't. What the fuck am I going? Like Megan will kill me if there's another goddamn Venom thing in this house. Um, I there's a few more statues that I want, um, but I tend to buy a few statues for every book that I do, like every like dream project that I do. There's a statue right across from me right now, right there that you can't see and you're not gonna see because it's the statue that i bought from my new big dream project that i'm doing um and i will i will show it to you eventually i think in yeah september, you teased that last episode as well i think everyone's really excited to see what you're talking yeah, about i think we're gonna talk about it in september i think we're gonna announce that september ish so sweet sweet stay tuned folks yeah. um that is it for cool. the Twitter questions. Sweet. So, uh, well, hey, that's another episode of the show for us, guys. Uh, we're going to do, uh, I think we're going to do a mailbag episode soon. Uh, we're going to get to your emails. We got quite a few emails, um, some talking about some of the stuff we talked on our uh, Tips for Artists episode, some talking about stuff for Venom. Uh, and so we'll we'll figure it all out, folks. All we know is that this is a packed episode. Uh, we're running at two hours about right now. Um and so uh, we really hope you guys enjoyed that breakdown. Obviously, stay tuned. Uh, we've got the video format of it now. Uh, I think uh, some people have caught the uh, 
the video for the breakdown of issue number one. That was done by, of course, our wonderful, uh, my best bud, uh, Ethan. He's also sitting here silently being the best freelance <laughs> boy possible. Um, and, uh, and he'll do one for these uh, because, God damn it, I love making that dude do shit. Uh, do work um and so keep your eyes peeled for the video breakdown of this as well um and hey hope you guys enjoyed uh, once again i've been griffin sheridan and t- that is ethan i'm at griff sheridan he's at tales to astonish we do another show called spider-man rewind we're going through every single spider-man comic in chronological order it's pretty great find us at spidey rewind uh all right boys donnie do you have anything you want to plug, you want to talk about first? Maybe perhaps something, we're doing a new segment right here for the first time in the show where we recommend things that are coming out August 7th, specifically? Uh, no, I can't think of anything. Nothing? No. Okay, cool. Mm. That's fine. Ryan, anything uh, yeah, mind? You got anything? Um, I'll plug uh, Absolute Carnage! What? Oh my god, what? Final order cut off Monday. <laughs> Tell your retailers, guys, because honestly, they're not going to have one for you. You're going to get there, and then, you know, Ryan put up a a very sweet and very caring tweet about it today, where he said that, like, we're we're hammering you guys really hard about this, but it's not for us. Like, we're going to, we're rich either which way. This is for you, because all of your friends are going to have one, and then you're going to be the guy who's hanging out. All of them. And then you're going to be this fucking nerd showing up, not knowing why everything is so absolutely carnage-filled, and we don't want you to get picked on. Can you imagine going into work? And that asshole Janice Ugh. has a copy of Absolute Carnage, and you don't have one. Yeah, fucking Janice. And you're like, fuck you, Karen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Janice and Karen yeah, Janice both and got Karen Absolute both Carnage got as number one, and they're flipping through it. And I did it. Fucking gay old time, and you don't have one. And now who's the right. asshole? It's not me. It's not Ryan. It's you. In their eyes, That's, we don't think we don't think you're an asshole. But like, you don't, you want Karen to fucking make fun of you? If you don't have a copy, you're. Let, let's just be honest. You are an asshole if you don't. Have well, a copy. at this point, right? It's just like, right. are you trying to be one of those cool guys? Who's like, I don't even really watch TV. It's just like you're not better than anybody. You're, you're just a fucking dick. Watch Game of Thrones. Do the thing that's fucking popular. Absolute Carnage is the biggest thing that's happened in fucking forty five years. This is the biggest thing of all fucking time. It's bigger than yeah, in game. If this was the '60s, would you would you be against Beatlemania? Yeah, no way. I don't think so. Yeah, you're a fucking you're nerd if you are. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Come on, people, stop being a dickhead. Um. <laughs> you hear my cat? My cat saying, "Don't be a fucking Karen and go get Absolute Courage number one." Final order cutoff is on Monday. That's miércoles. Is that right? I the saddest part is I took I, I spent Monday six Spanish? weeks taking right? Spanish. It's lunes, I lunes believe. Lunes is Monday. what I said. It's on lunes. <laughs> don't don't be a lose lose ace. <laughs> I don't fucking know. This is gone through. Look, guys, I sincerely, I need you to go and fucking order it. It's on Monday. We're trying to sell eight million copies, and I just want to tell you right now, whether we do or do not sell eight million copies, Ryan and I are gonna be fine. Yeah, we're gonna be fine. We are going to sell 8 million I mean, copies. we are. And I, I do want to, I also want to take it down for a second and just say, you know, mm-hmm. like we joke around a lot, but, um, you know, we put a lot of work into this and uh, if you don't buy it, you're dead to me. Yeah. I think that about sums it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, Ryan, really quick, one caveat of that. I'm not going to buy it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not either, but I'm going to make my family all buy copies. Trust. Trust. Church. Mm-hmm. Right. Church. Mm-hmm. And I will not sign it for free. Either. No, fuck no. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. By the way, just because your retailer gets it doesn't mean that like you know, you know, you know, you know get anything else. Out yeah, of it. yeah. That's that's by the way, sixty 
60 pages of the highest quality, highest caliber carnage you're ever going to fucking get. 60 pages. Right. Eight bucks. That's a fucking deal, kids. If you take <laughs> 60 pages and you take the 8 million copies we're going to sell, what's that? 480 million pages? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a whole fucking forest. I thought you were going to go. Right? I thought you were trying to do dollar amounts, but no, just no. pieces of paper. No, just, yeah. just pieces. We out here fucking dragging rainforest, sons. Yeah, we are <laughs> raising the temperature on Earth. Yeah. And you're not going to have a copy? That's how hot it is, son. All right, are we done? Just go buy it, please. Just go fucking <laughs> order it, dude, please. We've talked so much shit. We, we, really, we really need you guys to show up on this one. Yeah. Don't be dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think just as a last little reminder to cap it off, um, uh, Absolute Carnage number one is on shelves August 7th. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So thanks so much for joining us for uh, episode four of Stegman is Amazing Friends, everybody. Donnie Cates, thank you so much once again for being here. Can't wait to talk to you again. So next time we have you on the show, unless so I think we, we were talking in between here behind the scenes, we're talking about doing this road to carnage episode, yeah, absolutely. Uh, road to absolute carnage that is coming up. So uh, we'll hear you on that, of course, but um, yes. obviously uh, we're not going to do another breakdown or anything. So, Basically, the next time we have another full-fledged episode, it's going to be after Absolute Carnage number one. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Um, Thanks so much for listening to the show, everybody. Uh, Like we said, we're going to do mailbag. We're going to get to those emails. If you got any more for us, please send them to us at stegmanandfriends at gmail.com. And, of course, you can follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Stegman Show. So get on there, see the the behind-the-scenes stuff, and, uh, of course, that's when you can see when we're going to have certain people on, what kind of questions we're looking for. That's how you can, it's a super easy way to submit questions to the show um, and, and have them read on here and answered. Who's your next show. guest? So, ooh, next up next week, folks, stay tuned. We're going to have Mr. Scotty Young Scotty on here. We're going to talk Middle West. It's going to be absolutely wow. awesome. Marvel's own Scotty Young. <laughs> wow. You guys got a, where's the Scotty Young baby absolute carnage variant? How much Where you is paying it? Scotty for that? Ryan? I know Scotty uh, don't move for free, son. I'm I'm paying him with friendship. Huh. There it is. Huh. <laughs> hey Scotty, I'm getting paid in like cash money. I don't do this shit for free, so you got fucked, homie. Oh shit. Did did you tell uh Donnie that we were paying him, Griffin? Because we don't have any money. What's happening? That's fine. Mm? What's going on? Uh, uh, hey, nothing, you guys cut out real quick. Anyway, Patreon coming soon, guys. Um <laughs> <laughs> By court Thanks order. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. <laughs> uh, we'll catch you guys next week. So we just like don't do we are venom anymore. That that was just like a first. <laughs> Did you want to do we no, are venom? I, I forgot. Just, it's been like, so we, long. It's been so long. Speaking Sweet. of uh, symbiote worms, absolute carnage number one on sale August seventh. <laughs> uh, final order cutoff is on Monday. Tell your local retailer that you need a copy. Do not assume uh, that it's going to be around. Uh, make what sure. What does that have to do with worms? I don't know. They said that this might get oh. cut up and off into a new, a new episode, so I'm just making sure I'm hitting all my fucking bases. Oh, okay. And there, by the way, there are fucking symbiote worms in that first issue. Say, 
dildo. <laughs> or maggots, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. <laughs>